Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Runger Radio. We are not mad here. We are happy because we got a show going on tonight. I'm here with Cruiser Mail. How you doing, Cruiser Mail? I'm doing great. How's it going out there, people? Hopefully they're doing well. If you want to hear the entire Mad song, which will be on Todd's new Arena album, you can find it at myspace.com backslash Todd Runger Music, and you go there and it'll automatically play for you. Sounds like it's going to be a good album to me. What do you think, Cruiser Mail? I am really looking forward to it. Um... I saw it in Hawaii, and I have to admit I've listened to some of this bootleg stuff going around, and I'm really addicted now. <laughs> bootleg, huh? Uh-huh. Right. Bootleg will be the subject tonight. Later on, we're going to talk to some people, including hopefully some callers out there that are listening tonight. Get your opinion on bootlegs. We'll be talking about it. We're not really making a stance tonight for or against bootlegs. We're just going to debate it you know, for fun just to kind of see... The big question really is, does it help or hurt musicians financially? We're going to try to get the answer on that or at least get a lot of opinion on it, have a little bit of fun. So you're welcome to call in and give us your opinion. When we get to that point, the call-in number, of course, is 646-716-9262. The chat room is on if you want to join folks in there. It's already getting started. Let's go over a few announcements, and I'm going to play a Todd Rundgren interview. It's about 10 minutes. If you haven't heard it, it's from Steve Skinner, who was a Todd Stock participant. He's with KDNK Community Radio. As a matter of fact, he's the general manager there. Their website is kdnk.org. He's also got a band. They're very entertaining, very funny like Steve is. If you don't remember, if you were at Todd Stock, Steve had the, I guess you'd call it a cat in the hat hat on. I don't know, Dr. Seuss type hat. <laughs> it was real tall, black and white, furry, very funny. His MySpace page is myspace.com backslash Steve Skinner, The Natives. That's the name of his band. And he also writes an article weekly for AspenDailyNews.com called Soiled. So Steve's got a cool interview with Todd. And the reason, one of the reasons I want to play it is because he talks a lot about Arena, including what the time frame is for when it will be available by CD, at least according to Todd. So I know a lot of people have been asking. You're about to find out tonight when that may be, if you haven't heard already. Nice. How about that? Yeah, well, matter of fact, I haven't gotten to listen to it. For some reason, my computer can't. It, it won't play that interview, so I'm looking forward to that. There you go, Runger Radio, hooking people up like Cruiser Mail. Uh. <laughs> you got to love it. All right, we're also going to have special guest Lynn tonight from MySpace.com backslash Todd Runger Music. She's going to tell us 
a little bit about the TR Street team, if you haven't heard about that. And then after she calls in, we're going to have Ram Samuel in, who is a Ph.D. and a musician, and he wrote a wonderful manifesto about free music. He wrote it back in 1994, but it applies today. He was ahead of the curve. He's going to give us his takes on bootlegging and tell us about something he tried, which was putting an album out on consignment. So it'll be interesting stuff. We have not found anybody who is anti-bootlegging to don't be on the show tonight. So Mel and I may pretend that we are just for a devil's advocate point of view, but maybe not. Or if you're one of those folks, call in and give us your opinion, too, because that's going to be the subject later on as we get moving on this show. So yeah, we want thing, callers. Definitely do. Absolutely want callers. First thing we want to talk about, though, is Todd's on tour, Mel. How about that? I know. I know. Uh let me let me just remind people where they can go like they don't already know, but the tour dates uh, can be found, of course, at uh, the trconnection.com right there on the front page, as well as on myspace.com slash Todd Rundgren Music. Lynn's real good about keeping that up to date. So uh, look for your town, and I'm sure there's going to be more dates added as the tour goes on. Absolutely. Roger added December. Uh, the Blender in New York, two shows back-to-back, the 26th and 27th. So it looks like, you know, probably starting in 2009, there'll be several more shows starting to move a little more East Coast-type action, hopefully. But there's also the concert and tour information page on trconnection.com where you can see reviews and photos. There's some really good photos recently of some of the shows and some interesting oh, yeah. reviews. We're getting, we're getting mixed opinion because, you know, a lot of people want to go to shows and they want to hear music they're familiar with. Some people don't. You're going to get a mix of both at the current Todd Rubber Tour. So a lot of different opinions out there. If you want to call in and give yours, you're welcome. We want to know. We're going to talk about Arena most of the night. We want to know what you think about the show, what you've heard or what you've seen. And, of course, this weekend, I know where Woo! I'll be now. Where are you going to be? Mm, let me think. Um, I think I'll be in Austin on Saturday and Dallas on Sunday. And who knows, maybe Houston on Monday. Todd is going to be in Texas three nights in a row starting this weekend. That's going to be awesome. San Diego, of course, Thursday night. We know Darnell is going to be there, our friend on Rundgren Radio. Speaking of Darnell, she has uh, received the title heads for me. They came in from China. They are here. They're on the way. I'm supposed to receive those tomorrow, and I will start shipping them on Friday if you ordered them from Rundgren Radio. The remaining title heads are at the shows. Kathy and Christine are selling those for $30 at shows. You better get them because they're going to be gone fast. They look really good. They're very cool. They really do look good. Got to love it. Speaking of shows, uh, DVD was recorded uh, from HDNet in Boulder Monday night. Hopefully, if all went well, that's what happened, so we'll be able to see that soon, I hope. Now, now what is the deal with with HDNet? Is that something you can get through, what, Dish Network or Direct or something? Do you know? I think they're going to actually make that a DVD. Yeah, that may be on TV. I'm not really sure how that works, actually. If somebody knows, call us, 646-716-9262. All I know is they were recording a DVD. That's all I got for you. Hmm. Somehow okay. we're going to see that DVD. And I did mention, somebody mentioned TiVo in it, so maybe it's on TV, which would be cool for Todd and cool for us. Yeah. 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 I like yeah. that. All right. Somebody that knows more about what's going on with that. Somebody needs to give us a call and let us fill well, us in on Lynn. Lynn will know. She's going to be on Good. the block. So let's Good. get to ask her. 
So very good. Don't forget. Don't forget. That's good. I'm gonna put you in charge of that mail. So if that question doesn't get answered, y'all, it's on her. <laughs> okay. All right. Todd is also gonna go to Europe. If you haven't heard, I know we got some Europe listeners. Somebody has a ticket for the London show for sale, November 23rd. It's face value, which is 23 pounds. If you want that ticket, it's Ben Rose, B-E-N-R-O-S-E, Ben Rose at freenet.co.uk. If you didn't catch that, email me at rungunradioearthling.net. I'll hook you up with Ben. Freebie ticket. He's not going to be able to make that show. Not freebie, but uh, face value. All right. Let's see. Any other announcements we got? i got to talk about something that I haven't heard much buzz on this, and that means people haven't checked it out yet, because if you're able to get this working, you're going to be hooked. Go to Rungren Radio and the number 2.com after the show. Go to this place, get this player, and listen to these interviews. 50 Todd Rungren interviews starting from 72 on till now. It's unbelievable. It's really cool. Don't miss it. Check it out. Maybe we'll move it here to Blog Talk one day, but right now that's in negotiations, all right? Don't forget to mark us as a favorite and rate our show as well when you listen to it, if you get a chance. And other than that, Mel, I'd kind of like to just really quickly thank Greg Hawks for being a great guest last week. I really enjoyed having him on. What would you think? That was fun. He he's What a really nice, nice man. I think he had a good time, too. Oh, absolutely. He sent me an email said he had a good time, and really it was it was neat that we got out of him that he's going to have a ukulele album out and that he didn't like Door to Door. I thought that was really interesting. The Last yeah. Cars album, which has been kind of controversial. And, um, you know, he told us a little about the breakup. I thought it was a good guest. And, and we also had recently, I like the Sales Brothers as well. If you haven't heard, they have a CD out. This is a really cool story. You can listen to it in the archives. But uh, PerseveranceRecords.com is a place to get that. And they'll autograph it for you. That's why you haven't got it if you've ordered it yet. They're trying to get those autographed by Hunt who we actually may get to meet in Texas, Mel, in Austin, trying to see if we can get something together with him. He's a, he's a riot. I bet he's fun to hang out with, party with a little bit. Groovy, yeah. you got to think he is. Okay, <laughs> so last but not least, in about three weeks, I'm trying to book the date, but it's going to be about three weeks, I've had some requests to get Rachel Culp on. She has agreed to be on the show, and we're going to have Danny O'Connor on with her. That's her husband. They were both at Todd Stock. Rachel Culp, of course, has designed some of Todd's more outlandish outfits, and some of Prairies and the Tubes, and Danny has done a lot of artwork and different things for Todd's albums for years. So if you're into that kind of thing, creative side, you're going to get to hear some cool stuff when we do that show. So just keep checking the site, and we'll let you know when it's on, or go to the usual places, you know, Hot Toddies, TR Connection, MySpace, et cetera, et cetera, and you'll always be in the loop. If you haven't joined us as a friend, it's MySpace dot com backslash Rungan radio you always get updates there and of course uh, our friend bill bricker updates you on facebook join bill bricker as a friend and you'll get updates there too so well, that's a lot of pimping right there <laughs> you're a good pimp doug <laughs> thanks very much <laughs> so you got anything else you want to add before we play this todd Rungan interview no i'm looking forward to it let's get to it by the way is, is steve um planning on um calling in or anything to talk about the interview tonight i don't know I hope oh steve you're out there give us a call so we can pick your brain about the interview when it's over well really another thing is steve's been to some of the shows i saw his picture on one of the tour pictures on uh trconnection.com so i know he's seen some of the new show would love to get his opinion on it but here we go folks this is 10 minutes this is steve skinner from KDNK and Todd Rundgren. Todd Rundgren is a rock artist since the 1960s. He's flirted with fames, 
with semi-famous songs like We've Gotta Get You a Woman, Open My Eyes, Hello It's Me, I Saw the Light, A Dream Goes On Forever, Love is the Answer, Can We Still Be Friends, Bang on the Drum All Day. He's written, performed, and produced dozens of albums, some of which feature timeless songs, which, in fair and decent world, will someday be recognized for their melody, craft, wit, and production breakthroughs. These songs are familiar to Todd's fans, but good news is for you new and future Todd fans is that there's a music treasure trove of material ready for you to be explored. Todd's resume as a producer includes sparkling recordings like Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell, XTC's Skylarking, and albums from Badfinger, The Pursuit of Happiness, Hollow Notes, Grand Funk Railroad, on and on and on and on. His albums and tours have often been cutting-edge and experimental in nature, and as a performer, he's known for his unique and powerful voice, blistering lead guitar playing, and flamboyant presentation of challenging material. Just on June 22nd, Todd celebrated his 60th birthday with a Todd Stock party at his home in Kauai, which also served as the tour kickoff in support of his brand new album, which is called Arena, due out next month. Todd is playing with a five-piece band, including Jesse Gress on guitar, Prairie Prince on drums, Rachel Hayden on bass, Matt Bolton on guitar and keyboards, and of course, Todd on guitar and voice. They play tonight at the Triple Door in Seattle, and then the tour takes a swing through our neck of the woods Sunday, July 13th, 8 o'clock, the Villar Center in Beaver Creek, and Tuesday, July 15th, at the Belly Up at 9 o'clock in Aspen, Colorado. Hi, Todd. Thank you and good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, trying to come up with some way to introduce you is not easy. A, you've done a lot of stuff. And I guess what's left to say now, right? <laughs> well, you can tell us about this new record and uh, okay. what you're, what you're going to do. My, my favorite color is <laughs> I like uh, Indian food. <laughs> uh, there's not much left to know about me now, I guess. Well, you know, I think the most interesting about you, Todd, is what you're doing now. What is the new album about and what's this show going to be like? Uh, the show is going to be a pretty straight-ahead um, presentation, but for the fact we're playing um, in its entirety the brand-new record, which most of our audience will not have had an opportunity to hear yet. So that's a bit of a challenge, I suppose. But um, the record will soon be available for uh, download, and then in September the actual kind of plastic bits come out. You know, it occurs to me that people don't really consume music like they used to, like an album at a time. They usually go get a little snippet here and something else there. Or by playing this whole record top to bottom, um, you're kind of treating people to the concept of an album. Well, I I am a child of the uh, music scene of the 60s and uh, what most of us consider the first uh concept album or the model for a concept album which was Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band we're not always, always singing about uh, acrobats and uh, and driving while intoxicated but the idea of the concept album has kind of stuck with me through all these years and I seem to have sometimes more success if there is a concept behind the album than if it's just a random collection of songs can you maybe elaborate slightly on the concept? Well, sometimes I don't even know until I've completed the record and had a little time to play it. At first, it was uh, meant to be a something of a of a more generalized call to action, as opposed to my last album, which was a call to uh, uh, mentation. I guess the 
the topic of the last album was uh, honesty and dishonesty and truth and unreality and things like that, which gives you a lot of stuff to ruminate on, but doesn't necessarily uh, exhort you to do anything about it. And this particular record is actually more of a call to action. And at first I thought, you know, it's, it's about all of the things that have to be done, and maybe it's, you know, oh, turn the rascals out and let's have a new Congress, blah, 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 blah. But I came to realize that it's actually a call to individual action uh, in the face of problems that just can't be ignored anymore. Um, in particular, you know, what we've, what we've done and continue to do to the, you know, to the climate of the planet. And that um, simply voting for a new hopeful president, presidential candidate is not going to make a whole lot of difference. We all have to change our habits and, and develop a willingness to do some difficult things. Do you, are you trying to tell me that my Save the Troops bumper sticker is not going to get me into heaven? I guess not. No. <laughs> hey, hey, Todd, how did this record come together? I know sometimes you record with a band, sometimes you do everything yourself. How did you do this one, and how long did it take you? Uh, it was pretty much all me, and the I managed to get the the time period down to a relatively compressed about four to six months, whereas the last album I did, Liars, I have to say, probably took me a year at least, and from the first song to the last song was maybe three years. So uh, in a relative sense, I got right back to work after Liars, um, thinking about um, developing the concepts for and eventually writing and performing this new record, which I I guess the bulk of the work was done sometime between March and the end of May. From a geek's perspective, if you don't mind, Todd Rundgren, uh, can you tell us, do you record with Pro Tools or how do you record a record these days? No, I don't record Pro Tools anymore. I would have, except Pro Tools is such a big, expensive pain in the ass to use that I decided that I would go for the lowest possible common denominator and did the entire recording on my laptop. Um, the only other piece of hardware of any significance was a, a little uh, audio interface box that I plugged into the USB port. And when I had the thing, I went to the linen closet in my you know, old house in Princeville and and sang in the linen closet and essentially mixed the rest of it just on my desktop with my headphones. I hardly ever use speakers on the project. It's not exactly electric ladyland, but who knows? Um, <laughs> I, must, I myself didn't believe it could be done until I actually went and did it. <laughs> but... I was so desperate at the time to get out from under the thumb of, uh, of the, you know, kind of a hardware standard, hardware and software standard that is, frankly, unfriendly to the independent artist. Wow, I love hearing you talk about that. Hey, Todd, um, do you know when you've cracked a tune out of the park, like when you record it? For example, I think of Bang on the Drum, and I, when I first heard that, I thought, oh, there's Todd just kind of tossing the tune out there. He probably recorded it in about an hour. Uh, do you yeah, know... It was a wild swing, that one. <laughs> How do you know? Or do you? Well, that those are kind of easy to tell, but not for the usual reasons. That song, Bang the Drum, I dreamed it and got up and recorded it the next day. Um, and it quite, quite obviously isn't the most complicated song I've ever come up with. So, 
that may be the key to its accessibility. But um, the interesting thing about that song is that everybody knows the song, and almost nobody knows who actually wrote and recorded the original version. I know. They just sing it. They just sing it whenever the team scores. Well, it could be worse. You could be Gary Glitter. Um, hey, I may be Gary Glitter. <laughs> um, there's a song. There's a song on the new album that I, I actually designed to be sung at sporting events. And there is a, you know, there's a dash of glitter in there. That's a fantastic thing. Yeah. Hey, can Sam's, you... the, Sam's the pedophilia, of course. Of course, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Hey, is there one? Is there one that you've recorded along the way that you go? Man, why didn't that one go out of the park? Because I know I blasted it out of the park. Mm, I don't know. I actually don't know the boundaries of the park. And so <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I ever have that feeling. I always, I may have satisfaction with something, but it might be for completely different reasons than why everybody else enjoys the song. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, that kind of consciousness I don't even draw on unless I'm producing somebody else because I because I realize they may have some expectations. I think that's one of the things your fans really like about you, Todd. Uh, I'm almost done here. Um, two more questions, Todd. When everything is clicking and you're on stage, do you get a warm, vibrating feeling all through your gutty works? <laughs> I, I I get a feeling. Do you get chills? I get, yeah, I get. Well, it's. It's kind of different every night, I would say. You know, the criterion for success isn't always the same. Like, for instance, last night, for some reason, I had a bug up my ass and just decided I would I would use the show to channel anger, and it worked out pretty well. It isn't always it isn't always you know the main theme, but I think we're going to draw on the anger thing for a little while. <laughs> see where that takes us. Well, I guess I can appreciate that, and and I guess last but not least. I've heard rumors that on your set list there's a song called The Wheel, but you haven't played it yet. Are you just teasing your fans, or are you actually going to pull that one out? That's not on the set list. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, there, there may be rumors flying around because of a one-off gig we did for a private party, in right. which we learned a, a bunch of stuff that doesn't really fit into the set otherwise. This is a pretty heroic and uh, bombastic show that we're putting on now, and... Long and languid reminiscences are no longer appropriate. <laughs> this is fist-pumping, dick-waving music. You know, I think we're ready for it, Todd, and I'm going to just keep, I hope so. I'm going to keep pumping them up because Aspen was there in Kauai, and we're going to be there when you get here to the belly up, my friend. All righty. Fist up, people. Thanks a lot, Todd. Okay, thank you. Take it easy. That was Todd Rundgren here on KDNK. There you go, Steve Skinner with Todd Rundgren. Put your fist up. I understand that's what he wants us to do during the song Strike. So what do you think, Mel? Wow, Steve asked some really good questions. Hooray for him. <laughs> like what? Well, I mean, about how long it took him to record it. And uh, I had heard that he did the uh, the vocals in the linen closet, but I, I didn't believe it. But I guess now we've heard the guy say it. Oh, goodness. All that was, was really good, Steve. Hooray for you. Yeah, good job, Steve. Well, it's interesting. You look at the Run album, which we reviewed on one of the shows, and you had a full band in there doing different things. And now he's just sitting in a room with some headphones on, making it happen. Well, I seem to recall once once or twice when you were talking to Michelle on the show, and she was like, now if you start hearing something, that's because Todd's downstairs recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, so I've already made somebody mad in the chat room, Mr. Rogers. 
Hey, Mr. Rogers, um, we're just trying to have a debate here, conversation. I'm not trying to argue with anybody about bootlegs. I'm trying to find somebody who is anti-bootlegs, so I don't have anybody. It's an unfair debate if you don't have both sides, so we'll see Are what you we already out of this. It, Doug? Huh? Are you already stirring it up, Doug? I am. I'm trying to find an anti-bootleg person. Well, maybe because they can't. A lot of people are having a little trouble with the sound tonight. So support Christy. She's going to help us out. I hope so. Yeah. Uh oh. Apparently, the term bootlegging is misleading. Okay. Well, I don't know what else to call it. Give me a name. I'll call it. Uh, Lynn, you need to call in, please. We're going to talk to Lynn about the TR Street Team. That's going to be our next topic, and then we're expecting a call from our pro bootleg person, or whatever the term is I need to be using. Maybe we need to call it like private recording or something. Mm-hmm. I saw some other terms. Piracy, that's probably not the term he wants me to use. I saw, um, I can't remember some of the other words actually. I know there were some that were kind of more pop. Recording and sharing live shows, there we go. So recording Thanks. and sharing live shows without the permission of the venue, record company, or artist. Because if you have permission, then it's kind of a, you know, not really fun to talk about. For example, the Grateful Dead, you know, they they allow anything and everything. So, well, there's no debate there. It doesn't matter. And they certainly do sell records. Yes. They do sell records, and they have a lot of people at their shows. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, the point that SOB 451 wants me to make is that, or he's making, is that, Bootlegging sounds like people are selling the album. That's not what we want to talk about. We want to talk about recording live shows that are not going to be sold later as DVD or CDs. We're not talking about burning a CD. Like when Arena comes out, the studio version, I take it and burn it and send it to Cruiser Mail. That's not what we're talking about. That's wrong. We all know that. We don't want to do that. We're talking about concerts because... And I really want to talk about it from a financial perspective, mainly more than a, than legal, because some people will argue, and I think our guests will tonight, that it can actually produce revenue for the artist by, I guess, drawing interest to their shows and to their music. Some people will argue different. I don't know what that argument is yet. I can make some up if you want. But we're looking for somebody to make the argument on the other side, because clearly the record industry is opposed to this. So... We're going to try to figure it out, and we're just going to have fun talking about it. Yeah. I hope it gets a little heated. Uh, That would be fun. Yeah. Why not? It sure did online. (laughs) 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 So, all right. Let's move on. Let's find out today what color is Lynn's hair. My guess is purple. What is your guess, Cruiser Mill? Ooh, I think it's probably got some hot pink in it. What's the answer, Lynn? Dun, dun, dun. It's indigo blue with purple highlights. Oh, man. Mm, I got a little bit. Almost right. Very nice. Very close. It could be different tomorrow, so guess again. <laughs> we'll have a, a contest every week and give away a T-shirt or title head or something. <laughs> that would be easier than coming up with those uh, Todd questions on MySpace. <laughs> True that. True that. All right, so you, here we go. Tell us about, we want to know about the TR Street team. First of all, what is it? How can people get involved? And when they get involved, what are they getting themselves into? Well, what they're getting, well, let's start with how they can join. You can go to Todd's MySpace page, 
And there's actually a link there for groups. It says, I think it's Todd Rundgren's Street Team is what it's actually called. Okay. Right now I think we have around 110-ish members. And what the street team will do, God willing, we actually get uh, the marketing materials. They'll go out and um, poster, put flyers out, um, go around the Internet and put up, um, you know, electronic banners. All, all around, you know, stating the release date and show dates and things of that nature. I'm still sitting on it waiting for the, materi the materials to come, so. That may be because we don't know the release date. Yeah, yes, <laughs> So You're a genius, it, Doug. <laughs> there you go. I'm the master of stating the obvious. So what about, though, is it really more for tours? Like, let's say... No, actually, um, I'm more directing it towards just the release of Arena. Um, the tours, kind of the market. Oh Lord, my phone's ringing, y'all. Oh, here we go. Vibrate. <laughs> well, Fill it in, Doug. Do you need to answer it? Okay, all right. I'm gonna mute you. Well, no, you mute yourself. You got to mute on your phone. Okay, so what I was thinking is, all right. Number one, I think you could do this for tour or for albums. And Cruiser Mel, you correct me if I'm wrong, because we kind of tried this one time with the Chasm Show. Why not take these posters? And I think what Lynn's going to do, if she didn't already say it, is she will give you a link or email it to you so you can print it yourself so that she doesn't have to ship it to you. You would print out this flyer, poster, whatever, and maybe take it to your local record stores and ask them if you can put it in the window or put it on the wall or whatever. Most of them allow this type of thing, especially for tours. We oh, that's easy. Ma'am? That's easy. It is? I mean, well, yeah. There you go. I mean, who who can't do that? Who can't run by a couple of record stores and, and you know, say, can you put this in your window? That's that's great. Yeah, most of them are real receptive to it. They don't mind. And uh, they usually keep them pretty updated. Some of them, you know, have them in their hallways when you're going up the stairs. We, we found a lot of them. We actually were able to call some of them and fax them the flyer for the show, and they would put it up for us in the window. So... Record stores are pretty generous, especially if they like the artist. And who does? Yeah, a lot of the um, the the used, uh, you know, CD stores are great about that. Yes. All right, good deal. Well, we're gonna have to put Lynn on hold for a minute, and we're gonna have to shift gears because, oh. if I'm not mistaken, this is probably Ram on the phone. Is that you, Ram? You with us? Two oh six. Hello? Mel, you there? I'm here. Oh, we lost him. Okay. Maybe uh oh. I thought that might be him. Okay. Lynn, are you back? Okay. So you take, you, you join, oh, there he is again. Let's see if we can get him on. We may have to move Lynn. 206? Is this Ram? Yeah, yeah. This is Ram. How All right, are you? Perfect. How are you doing, man? Great. Thanks hey, for Ram. In. We have Cruiser Mel on the phone with us. It's me and, and Doug, of course. So are you still on the beach? Yeah, still on the beach. You can hear the wave. <laughs> okay, rub it in. And you All can right. it and it's free. <laughs> free beach, like free music, the manifesto. Exactly, exactly. Free music manifesto, right? So, there you go. What's going on? All right, so you wrote that in 1994, but it's really very applicable today. Would you agree? Hello? Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, hold on a second. All right. 
Yeah, I can barely hear you. That's the problem. Uh, anyway, go on. Now I think it's better. Yeah, you wrote the manifesto in 1994. I would say it's still pretty applicable today. Would you agree with that? Actually, it's probably more applicable today. I uh, uh, I was, you know, one of the first people on the web, and when digital music came about, we were using these uh, silicon graphics machine, machines to exchange very large, you know, um, CD, CD quality files. And at that time, I realized the ease at which we could exchange, you know, we were pirating music at that point, I guess, uh, the ease at which uh, we could exchange music, and that was just, you know, early days when people didn't have, you know, full broadband access and so on, that in about 10 years' time, the technology would come out so that every, every, every person in everyone's, uh, every person in their house would have a modem or a cable modem or something like that that would uh, let them download music uh, with perfect copies. And that's when I decided that, that the, the, the tide was uh, inevitable, uh, to use the phrase. Now, when you, the talk about, when you talk about music, are you talking about albums and everything? Are you just talking about live shows? What you mean, just pretty much anything? I mean every recording. I mean, when I say music in this particular context, uh, just to keep it focused, I would say recordings, so sound recordings, audio recordings. So we're talking about recordings of live shows. We're talking about recordings of CDs. Um, in, in music, there's two kinds, the composition and the, uh, the the sound recording, the music composition and sound recording. There's two kinds of intellectual property, and we are talking right now about, I guess, really sound recordings mm -hmm. at this yes. point. When we talk about bootlegs and so on that are being exchanged, we are talking about audio recordings. Right. right. So how how much grief did you get for this paper? That was 14 years ago before this was well, discussed. Really. How much how much credit? Grief. How much problems did you have? Oh. <laughs> if you go to uh, you know, if you go to Google News or something like that, where they've archived all the Usenet news, you'll see you know thousands of threads, thousands of posts where I sat and defended my position. Uh, yeah, a lot of grief. I would say you know thousands of people against me, and I would say very few people in favor of me. The people in favor of me were probably part of the free software women. Uh, the same thing, uh, Richard Stallman, he wrote the Free Software Manifesto. It's the same idea, that software could be copied easily. It was all pure digital copy. And so I got a lot of grief. I mean, at that point, artists were very against it. But I came at that point in the, from, I was in D.C., and labels like Fugazi, that is, labels like Discord, the, where the band Fugazi were, and so on, were encouraging this kind of copying. And the Grateful Dead have used this as a marketing device for the last, you know, whatever, for 30, 40 years. Yes. So, so there were some people who really were in favor of it, and some people saw it as a successful economic model. But a lot of people saw a lot of, you know, ethical or moral issues with, with this kind of copying. Mm -hmm. But I saw it mostly as an economic issue, and I saw it as a, you know, communitarian, not a communist, communitarian issue that, in the end, you know, you can't really stop people from sharing music. Mm -hmm. So you think the tables have turned now that I think more people support your idea than are against it? Oh, yeah, way more. I mean, I think I get, you know, obviously you just called me after 14 years and uh, you're asking me to be on the show. So I get <laughs> I get this kind of uh, invitations all the time now. I, oh, it's that just, right? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's just, it just, uh, it's just not in a, I would say about 90% of people support this. And because 90% of people download their music these days. One way or another. Well, who do you think's against it now? Is it just the record companies? And, and if they are against it, are they kind of making a mistake? Are they behind the times? Yeah, well, yeah, I've argued this many times with record company labels. The president of um, RIAA used to be Hillary, uh, uh, I forget her last name. Her name, first name is Hillary. And I, and I had this heated debate with her at the, at the mp3.com summit. 
and uh, and she was totally against it. The recording industry, that is the actual people who make records, not not the people who write songs, but not like ASCAP and BMI, uh, but the recording industry is totally against it because it it, it takes away from their market share, mm-hmm. if you will. And right. but but then it you know it it actually helps the artist, which is what really the free music manifesto was about. It's about giving back to the artist. The recording industry had a monopoly on recordings up to the point that people could copy music. Mm-hmm. And now they don't. Now we, we're talking about Todd Rundgren, and if he plays live, he's playing all these new shows, and people are bootlegging it. These are his loyal fans, let's say. Right. And they're going to go buy the CD when it comes out. Right. So the recording industry is going to get the money. But what the recording industry would like is to make money off the bootlegs also. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to get it. And Todd Grungan sells more records from the actual, you know, from the sells more tickets, sells, becomes more popular. So he he ends up making more money in the in in the big picture than the labels do, and the labels have less control over his his output. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, think if somebody puts up a uh, a recording of a live show, of course the the hardcore fans are going to buy it no matter what. But do you think it may draw interest from other fans? Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. I mean, somebody like me, for example, who doesn't listen to Todd Rengen on a regular basis, if I heard uh, a recording of, of Todd Rengen on a bootleg and I thought, man, this guy is really good live, I should go buy the CD, I should actually go check out his next show. Gotcha. And that's when he really makes money. I mean, maybe I should check out his next two shows and maybe I'll become a fan where I loyally check out his shows every time he comes around. Mm-hmm. And, and I have bands like that. So, so I've been turned on to bands, I've been turned on to so many bands by listening to bootlegs or pirated versions of songs, mm-hmm. so and the, and the artist again, when when you when you sell a ticket at a show, the artist gets way more money than when you sell a record. Cause, cause most of the money goes. The money is now they say. Well, now you had an interesting experiment. You put an album out on consignment. Is that right? Yeah, on consignment. That is, you just give it to the uh, store until you tell them that uh, you know you sell it and what, when you, how many other copies you sell, you just give me the money back. Otherwise, I'll take my CDs back after, like, you know, six months. Mm-hmm. And, and I sold 6,000 copies. I sold 6,000 copies just by myself. Nice. So, so yeah. this really so, though, wasn't something like, oh, I thought maybe it might have been like an honor system. They download it, and if they like it, they pay you. Uh, you know, anybody, that's kind of what some of the bands have done. They're like, you know, you, you download it for free. If you like it, you can pay us. If you don't, you don't have to worry about it. Do you think that's a good strategy? Yeah, that's well. It wasn't in my case. Uh, so I sold six thousand copies, and I sold a lot of copies on the internet also. But I sold six thousand copies over consignment. Um, and you know, I wasn't trying to be a you know a rock star or anything like that. I was just doing this just as an experiment. Uh, now I do music as a hobby, as you know, I'm a scientist. But um, when I did this on the internet, people, I would let people download the music. I mean, the, they were CD quality music. But at the same time, I had other features in the actual what do you say packaging. So my packaging was unique. Uh, there were there was unique artwork that you couldn't even now you couldn't get over the internet and reprint and reproduce to the die cut you know CD case and so on. Right. Mm-hmm. These kinds of things you couldn't get. So people would go listen to the music and they would go buy the CD for the added features and that's just pure marketing. You know. So you got to come up with a different. You got to come up with a reason why somebody wouldn't want to just burn the CD. They want the extra stuff that you offer in the CD. Yeah, sometimes. And sometimes people don't want it. And I would say a lot of people just bought it just for the extra stuff. I think they like the extra stuff better than the actual music. Mm-hmm. So if you sell 6,000 of these albums, and if you went out and did a couple of shows and somebody recorded them and put them on a website for free, that wouldn't bother you as a musician? No, 
not at all. In fact, people have done it. People have done mashups. I mean, now mashups are a great example of where the music has been heading. I actually wrote something called The Future of Music in 1998, uh, which I don't know if you read, which, is, which talks about these kinds of things where people now take my music and mix it with their music. And really, now we have techno versions of, I mean, if you go to a dance club, you hear all these people, you know, all these DJs playing all these uh, popular songs. And I'm not sure they're paying royalties for any of these things. And these are called mashups. So that is, they're mixing like you know techno beat with 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 like standard songs. That again makes the original artist popular. It makes the DJ popular. It makes the original artist popular. And again, the the money flows back to the the creators. That mm-hmm. that is really the main main issue. So kind of you know if if any time your music gets out there and people hear it. You see that as an advantage, whether they're paying for it or not, because eventually they'll come around to liking that artist and possibly going to a show or buying a CD. Exactly, that's right. That's I mean, I think it's just it, it's called viral viral marketing. It's called mm-hmm. viral marketing. Yes. So, why do you think the record companies would be opposed to it? Well, I mean, so the advantage is not in the selling of the records, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's really the money is in like becoming a fan of this artist and you know, paying more for the shows and you know, getting more bootlegs. The record companies would like to actually control the output of the bootlegs. Right. So here you are saturating the market with a lot of bootlegs. What record companies would like to do is release like, you know, Jimi Hendrix released three albums and probably the record companies have released like 30 versions of those albums. <laughs> and, uh, and they made a lot of money out of it. And uh, so they, they want to control the output of that. And that output cannot be controlled when there are like 100 bootlegs floating around. Right. So, so they would like to, you know, engineer one of the bootlegs and say, hey, this is a special bootleg. I mean, this is a special recording. This is a special live recording. Mm-hmm. But they can't do that anymore. So it sounds like yeah. you, 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 the, the musician's going to make the money touring, and so getting things like bootlegs out there may help people come to their shows. But the record companies aren't making money on the tours. They're making money on the record sales. So they're opposed to this tool that helps get people to shows, it sounds like a conflict of interest a little bit there. It is a conflict of interest. Yeah. It is a conflict of interest. But what can they do? I mean, it's yeah. not. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Todd doesn't go out. I mean, some some record companies try to prevent, tell their artists. Like Metallica came out and said that uh, we don't want our fans copying our music. The fans didn't listen. I mean, they didn't care. So you know, and in fact, the RIAA, that is the Recording uh, Industry Association of America, put out yeah. this. Uh, uh, you know, got a bunch of artists saying that music copying is bad, but uh, that that failed uh, miserably. That was about three. Courtney Love was one of them. I saw. Yeah, yeah several yeah. of those folks have said it, but it, it's fallen on deaf ears. So yeah, yeah, not a yeah. whole lot. You do. Chris, yeah. do you have any questions for him? Yes, I do actually. I I I'm having a little trouble hearing through my cell phone, but I, my question is: Are we talking about bootlegs? that are traded amongst friends, or are we talking about bootlegs that are actually sold? Uh, we're, I mean, again, I mean, so, so when it comes to these kinds of issues, uh, it's, it's always complicated. I would say most of the bootlegs are exchanged right now over the Internet. If, if, if there is a bootleg that is available for download, why would anyone want to go buy it? And so if there are bootlegs that are being sold, I'm not saying that I'm ethically supporting it, but I'm just saying they're in the same position as the recording industry. Actually, they're worse than that because they, they're, they're, they're trying to sell something that is already there, you know, and so they're, they've already lost their market in a sense. I mean, I used to play live and people would, would tape my shows and I can tell you if somebody were to try to copy that, it would be pointless because I would put that live show up on, on, <laughs> on, 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 on the web. So there, there would be, yeah. That's exactly and, what Andy Partridge has done from XTC. 
has put out a bunch of basement tapes, basically. Uh, and instead of letting other people make money off his bootlegs, he just puts them out himself and has done pretty well doing that, actually. Yeah, exactly. And, and, then, and, and then they become more famous. And, you know, you autograph them as you're famous, okay? Popularity is what makes money. You autograph in this world, at least in the U.S. at least. So your autograph makes more money than 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 uh, than, than, than the recording or or what the recording industry will pay you for a recording. That's mm -hmm. the main issue. Okay, I got you. All well, right, you now. know, if the if the record companies are are so uh, upset about someone perhaps taking uh, advantage, then they need to record their own live album and then there'd be a board recording out there for anyone to to buy. Yeah, that's that's but see they want to have one board recording or maybe two board recordings and they want to control the release of those board recordings. So they want to have one live album a year or maybe two live albums a year, but or, maybe, or actually one 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 every two years. But they can't do that if somebody's taping every show. Mhm. Mm and every show is a unique performance. I mean from the again from a from a from a consumer fan perspective uh, that every show is unique, and it, it it really benefits the artist and benefits me. I mean, as as a fan, to listen to these different shows, different varieties, and fans can be really fanatics. I mean, uh, you know, I, I maintain the Primus band page. I used to, and it's just like they we sell like hundreds and hundreds of bootlegs. And so I can. I mean, if I, let's say let's say somebody does, you know, 50 shows in a year. Would it make sense for that artist to actually record all 50 and put them up for sale? Yep. Would, they, would, I, that, be, would that be more hassle well, than it's worth? For the recording industry, I mean, that would be, it would be called saturating the market. I mean, there, no one would buy them. I mean, again, they, you, you're, you're also dealing with technology here where people are able to take off from the soundboard. I mean, they will pay the soundboard person to, you know, record from the soundboard. So you're, you're um, again, with digital technology, you're, you're fighting a losing battle where the record companies could do the same thing, but no one would buy those so much. I mean, so it's like selling bootlegs. You asked me, are we talking about trading versus selling? There's no point in selling these, these albums because somebody else is, you know, making them available freely. Hmm. Very nice. All right, Ram, we appreciate you calling in. I know you're on the beach. I don't want to take up too much of your time. But we appreciate right. you taking on that. And, I, I um, hope the input was valuable. Okay. Oh, absolutely. We appreciate it. Good All right. insight. All right. Thanks very much. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Ram. All right. Ram's got a little, it's got a little windy there cruising around. What do you think? Well, now this, this almost opens up more questions for me. <laughs> well, let's quit talking about that because we're going to – we're going to somebody that works for the record industry. All right, Lynn, what's up? Let's talk about TR Street Team. <laughs> hey, Doug. Hey. Thanks for your patience. Sorry I had to do that. That's all right. Okay, so um, TR Street Team, what my plan is until we actually get the marketing materials mm -hmm. would be to start a blogging campaign. Blog everywhere we possibly can. Put up Todd, mini Todd pages. Um, you know, ev any way to get people through the MySpace page so they can actually hear that new music. Now, people have asked me about um, uploading MP3s to their sites or, you know, even clips and things of that nature. And unfortunately, because of this industry thing that we talk about, mm -hmm. they're only allowing the music to be played on um, secure streaming sites. Mm. So with that in mind, um, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't offer a lot of different options as far as getting the music out. Other well, than no. the MySpace page right now. So if you're going to be a blogger, 
let's say on the TR Street team, I mean, would it be appropriate to wait till people could actually purchase the album, or is the goal to get them to come, to get them excited, get them motivated to come listen to Mad, so that they're ready when the album comes out? Yeah, I mean, we're so close to that digital release that it's not funny. Mm-hmm. So I think at this point we are pre-release. You know, like we're almost there. They hmm. just have to, um, you know, sign the agreements and move on. Okay, so basically what you're going to have people do, if I understand correctly, is they'll they'll sign up for the street team. That's number one thing. And then they'll say, I want to do this blog deal. And you will give them a blog website where they become the blogger for that website about Todd Runger. Is that right? Absolutely. Yep. And okay. they're welcome to pull anything off the MySpace page or, you know, um, ask me for things, and I will gladly give them. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they yeah, can write their I own can... type deal, or they can copy and paste yours. Exactly, whichever yeah, they it... like. And yeah. I would, I will enhance it with live photos or whatever I can get my hands on to help them. Mm-hmm. Hi, Lynn. No problem. Yes, ma'am. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, can can you also, uh, you know, some people have a, a their own private blog where they just blog about their everyday life. Um, can someone get some of these materials from you to put on their personal blog? Um, absolutely. If you're going to do that, like do it as a just, you know, adding it to your own personal space, um, and you just want to do a daily blog about Todd and the record, be sure, actually, in all of these, be sure to include an embedded link to the MySpace page so people can, again, we're trying to push them through that MySpace page. And that's for a couple of different reasons so they can hear the new music and so that we can also achieve that whole, um, you know, artist. Uh, featured artist thing that I'm looking for. Yeah. So. Ah, I see. Well, now, blogging is just one way to spread the word, but, I mean, somebody's making the point, do potential listeners really read random blogs? Is it more, because that may be the case, or is it is it uh, the more the MySpace page is mentioned and the name Todd Rundgren is mentioned, the more people will have an opportunity to probably find that or stumble across it. I mean, what's kind of the strategy behind it? Well, actually, a lot of people um, do read music blogs and listen to new music. There are people that are heavily into it that might not otherwise listen to Todd as well. So, I mean, it's a combo strategy there. So most the of the more, are most okay. of the blogs music blogs or just you know random blogs? The blogs that I've been um, assigning to people are all music blogs. Oh, okay. So there are places where people go to listen to new music, Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, post their new music. Mm -hmm. What else can people do to help Todd become a featured artist on MySpace? I know that's a pretty big deal. How many people actually, if he gets on there, how many people actually see that? Um, Well over 200,000 a day. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. What I say is hit it hard and hit it often. <laughs> okay. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean the page, you know, like come there, <laughs> just off, you know, blog and, or, you know, add to my blog, add to um, comment, post as much, you know, like recommend it to my face that he become a featured artist. I mean, they are probably sick of hearing that because I've been doing it time and time again. But, um, 
Yeah, just keep on keep on it. So you're recommending that people send who, Tom? Who would they send a message to on MySpace to say, we want Todd to be a featured artist? There's a contact us on the very bottom of the page. Uh-huh. That um, you can contact them. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, what else can we do? What else do we need to know about TR Street Team? Well, what would be very beneficial, because there's a lot of bloggers out there who are pe- want to be bloggers, people that have never blogged before, but they really want to do this to help out, which I think is just cool as heck. Um, if the people that know how to blog could share info on that street team forum, that would be awesome, just to help out the people that really want to help out. So that way we're kind of working as this whole team effort. I have um, I have this fantasy of leaving the marketing team in the dust. <laughs> there you go. With just the, the fans just kicking butt out there and, you know, like doing it very grassroots, old-fashioned, in a high-technology world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of different, you know, that the, you know, Todd has a record company, they'll be doing some promoting, but a lot of the fans don't trust that or believe in that always, and we've seen what happens in the past. Not to say that this group's going to be the same, but, you know, grassroots efforts sometimes can make a big difference, and word of mouth is probably the biggest thing for a lot of sales nowadays, because radio shows, you know, they're not always going to play the music. And a lot of things that we listen to probably as individuals we did not find like we did in the old days listening to the FM stations or AMs cruising down the road. Absolutely. So there you go. On this note, I must go. I have to pick up the daughter at day camp. She'll All right. I have fun. I got one more question. Uh-oh. Real quick. Okay. Lynn, are you planning on uh, going to any, any more shows? You know, Unfortunately, um, Eric's out of town, so I'm stuck here, so I can't go to Texas like I really wanted to this weekend. Um, I probably won't make it out again until the 40th thing. I think I'm going to go to Las Vegas. Sweet. Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. I already got a hookup on that one, so we're ready to go. Very nice. Um, And then I'll probably – there's going to be more shows that we're discussing routing right now with the agent as far as getting some more shows booked. Um, so, yeah, I'll be out and about. All right, good, question good. before we let you go. The video shoot for DVD from HDNet, can you real quickly just tell us a little bit about what HDNet is? Did it work, and are we going to see this, and how? Well, I read today that the video came out really super well. Nice. That everyone loves it. Um, so I just read that in an email that I've not actually seen it. Okay. And as far as the details of when you can get it, um, I don't. I can't give any of that out right now either. Either, unfortunately. Well, I mean, is HDNet going to sell it, or will it be on TV? Well, how do they operate? Well, they um, they do specials, and sometimes they're on the net. And I don't know what their deal is with television. Mhm. Um, but we have something special in mind for this. So. All right, little Love scoop. All <laughs> back with the scoop. Pushing me. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's go then, since you don't want to share the scoop. We well, love you. I, know, I totally, totally, really want to. I guess I can. I have my headset on. I can drive. I guess I just don't mm. want to hang into anyone while I'm talking to you. Please don't. Please don't get a ticket. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, it's going to be all good. I think you'll be happy with what you with what comes of all this. Well, it sounds like we're going to get to see the DVD, and that's what we wanted to know. Oh, absolutely. That's the only reason it was made is so you could see it. Perfect. Very well, nice. I pres- I presume you'll put tell us on the MySpace page when we can see that in case we have to go to someone else's house to watch. Oh, absolutely. I'll be posting the information pretty much what you see on that MySpace. 
is the day I get it and they say, okay, Lynn, you can go with it, because they know that I'm all over it. I, I actually nag people for information so I can post it the minute it's available. So Love. you guys are getting it firsthand over there. <laughs> well, she's a, she likes to blog, no question about that. Well, You are the blogging champion. It's not so much that I like it. I feel compelled. <laughs> I'm, like, obsessed about it now, about, like, give, feeding information. All right. Well, have fun with your daughter. And as you all heard from Lynn, hit it and hit it hard. Right on. Todd Runger News, that is. All right, so it's myspace.com backslash Todd Runger Music. Check it out. Sign up for the TR Street team. If you don't, don't complain if the album doesn't sell as much as you wanted it to. Thank you, Lynn. Tell Eric we said hello. Hi, Lynn. She's gone. All right. Oh. 416, you're with us. Yes, I am. Who we got? Rick McGrath. Rick, thank you for calling. <laughs> we got another bootleg expert here. All right, now you know what though? Oh man, we've had we can't find anybody that's anti these bootlegs. Oh well, and why would you? I don't know. Maybe you can can you pretend for us or help us out and figure out what the deal is? I mean, really, uh, uh, we had. Um, I mean, if yeah, I was going to get down to it, I would say that most of these uh, most of the artists. Uh, probably care, you know, like, I always got the feeling that they didn't like bootlegs because uh, it, uh, it wasn't perfect, you know, it was, it was always a performance concert rather than a studio or, you know, a recording studio concert, mm-hmm. you know, where they can do everything endlessly and make it just perfect. Right. But, uh, you know, I mean, if they ever got over that, you know, I think they would, uh, well, I don't, think, I don't know if they'd improve their fan base, but they probably uh, would make their make their fan base happier. You know, rather than larger. Mm-hmm. If they did uh, I don't know why they all don't bootleg. I don't know why artists don't bootleg their own concerts. I mean, well, you know what? There, there are several that do that I that know, will yeah. record their own yeah. concert and then sell it online for five or ten or fifteen dollars. I know, and some of them you can pick up right after the concert. You watch mm-hmm. the concert, you wait forty-five minutes, and you and they give it to you. <laughs> like they burn them, they burn them right after the show in a truck. Mm-hmm. But, do they just uh, give them to you? Or they sell them. They sell them. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, if I was uh, taught, I would put an extra five bucks on my ticket price, and anybody who went to the concert, I'd give them a dub of the show. Or just let them buy it for five dollars. Or let them buy it for but, five. But bucks. if they do that, then that becomes. See, the guys who go to the concerts are not the guys who are going to be cutting into album sales. They'll buy the bootleg, and they'll buy the album, and they'll Absolutely. go to the show, and they'll read blogs, and they'll do everything. I mean, if you're a fan, you're a fan. Mm-hmm. You want as much as you possibly can. Right. But well, see, then the that, record company's left though. out. If if Todd or anybody were to sell the show that they burned from the yeah. soundboard and and gave away yeah. or sold, there's no money in it for the record company. That's well, you know, it. does a record company own the concert? Uh, I've no. always wondered if there's a you know what the how far does a record company's grasp go? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, sure they own the you know they they distribute on their label. You know, uh, but those are records or CDs or whatever, right? And uh, but concerts. I mean, who owns a concert? Uh, that's a good question. The venue and the artist, I assume. Well, that's what I would. That's what I would yeah. assume too. So if the artist went out and did a show and recorded it, why couldn't he sell it if he wanted to? Right. Well, so that's my opinion on it anyway. But uh, they would, no, they'll never stop people bootlegging. So <laughs> uh, my feeling is, is, you go with the flow. You you don't fight it. You uh, you know, you say okay. 
you know, this is happening. How can we, um, you know, how can, if you're a record company, guys, how can we make some bucks off this? There you go. I've got a question. How how is it physically done? Is is it an apparatus that is ca- no, easily no. concealed easy. or something? Oh, easy. I mean, you got a little Sony Walkman, uh, and you buy a half decent stereo mic for it. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is only about the size of a package of cigarettes, and uh, you know, like you stand there, and you get a good spot in front of the speakers. If you're you know if you're doing it that way, if you're an actual see, there's tapers and then there's bootleggers. Uh, I've been a taper. I was a taper in the 70s. Like I taped Led Zeppelin and Elton John and all these other guys. But uh, uh, more recently, uh, you know, I just I wait for somebody else to record it and then I just trade them. You know, trade them for the bootleg, trade them for their copy. But I've recorded stuff recently. I, I'm a big Chardet fan, and I recorded a couple of concerts of her last 2001 tour, and uh, it was damned easy. I mean, they don't frisk. They're looking for booze, not tape recorders. <laughs> and you know, a lot of guys, a lot of guys set it up so you have an area that you can go and tapers can go and they can feed right off the board, you know. Or if you go to a theater that has those uh, little thingies for the hearing impaired, right? Like a lot of theaters have earphones that the hearing impaired combine. They plug into the seat in front of them, and it makes the sound louder. Well, a lot of people go and just plug into those things and record off that. Ah, but the thing though is, to, who, who cares about tape recording? Video, <laughs> you know, that's the. You know that's the new wave of bootlegging. Oh you know, yeah, it's all video. all over YouTube. Yeah, 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 video recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know it's harder to do video tape recorders. Normally have crummy microphones, and they're a bit more obvious. <laughs> you know because you're, you know, you got it on a tripod or you're holding the thing up. You know, and it's pretty boring too because it's only one shot, one camera, right? And you're used to seeing three or four cameras, you know, shooting all the time and cutting between them to make it more visually interesting. But um, oh, t- bootleg taping is damn simple. I mean, and you can get really good. You can get a surprisingly good sound too if you position yourself properly in the uh, auditorium. Yeah, we wouldn't know anything about that. We hadn't heard any. No, just kidding. Yeah, it, it, there are some that are better than others. But tell me how. Tell folks that are listening how I found you and why I invited you to be on the show. With your specific topic with bootlegging. Well, you emailed me. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, Doug. Why? You're Doug. Yeah. Are you Doug? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I know that part, but. Where did I find you online? What did you have that grabbed Oh, my I wrote an article about bootlegging. Yeah, and your uh, article. I, I've got a big website. Uh, if you want to read, uh, if you want to read interviews with uh, some of the real old boys of rock, like Le- I interviewed uh, Robert Plant the night he turned 23 years old. I interviewed nice. Elton John. I've interviewed Gordy Lightfoot, Van Morrison, Fleetwood Mac, the original, Chicago, Savoy Brown, Pentangle, Captain Beefheart twice, Mitch Ryder. You know, a bunch of guys. I was a rock critic for an underground newspaper in the late 60s. So oh, I got nice. to talk to all these guys. <laughs> and then I got out of it. Then I got back into it again in the 90s. And that's when I started uh, boot. You know, up to then, it was difficult to collect boots because they were all on records. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when tapes and then CDs came along, it opened it up. So I got into it, and I um, essentially uh, got so interested in it, I got a book on bootlegging, which was quite interesting. And then I... Uh, just wrote about my own experiences and how I got into it. Mm-hmm. What's your Fortunately, I had some old. I had. Uh, I had some bootleg concerts. Mm-hmm. I think the one that I traded first was Van Morrison, oh, yeah. and uh, it was an early one, 1973 or something like that. So I found a Van Morrison list on the uh, on the web. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, you just talk about them, and I announced that I had this 1963 concert available, and within a couple hours, I had 
200 requests to trade it. <laughs> so my one little my one little concert turned into 200 bootlegs in an hour. And then nice. because I chose carefully, you know, I didn't choose the usual crap. Um, I was able to take those bootlegs and trade them for more. And so in a two-year period, I went from one to 3,500. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So what was your book called? Uh, no, the book that I the book I read. Did you say you wrote a book or read a book? No, no, no. I read a book. Okay. The, the book I read was called Bootleg: The Secret History of the Other Recording Industry by a Brit named Clinton Halen. Uh, came out in uh, 1995 in uh, New York uh, public uh, out of New York, New York. As I point out, my article though in 1995 was just about the time that this book became completely redundant because CDs were invented. And as soon as CDs were invented, then all the problems, prior problems of bootlegging all went away. That problem mainly being the fact that when you take a recording tape and dub it endlessly, the sound quality drops off every dub. Right. Well, with a CD, you don't get any sound quality drop off. So it really opened it up. Right. Okay, so from a musician, from the musician's perspective, do you think these bootlegs, these 3,500 bootlegs you have, do you think overall that financially they have helped or hurt these artists that these bootlegs are floating around, like Van Morrison's, for example, or any of the ones you have? I, you know, I really don't think so. I mean, Van Morrison is an interesting example because old Van, uh, he uh, he moves on all the time. He doesn't. He never goes back to his old stuff very much, and he doesn't want to copy it. He always wants to make it different. So I think Van doesn't really give a hell about uh, his old stuff. On the other hand, though, a lot of my stuff are like TV. You know, guys playing on TV shows. Right. You know, what's what's the rule on a if somebody goes on the Ed Sullivan's show and sings a song and you record it off TV, who owns that? Yeah. And the other thing is, I don't uh, traders don't sell. I mean, I can see getting in trouble for selling bootlegs, mm-hmm. but by and large, if you trade them, uh, you know, who's hurt? Right. Exactly. I mean, there's no money. You know, I'm not taking advantage of an artist. Uh-huh. I'm just getting one for another. Well, if a company said, okay, we're going to sell a CD of this artist on the late show, and then you were burning that same show and, and trading it, then that's one thing. But nobody yeah. sells those shows. No, they don't. So really, it, 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 you know, it's an interesting question. But since we're on the eco- economics part of it, I've got a call in from Rich Wright, who is with the El Paso newspaper. And he has written an article about bootlegging and the economic impact, I guess, might be the proper way to put it. Um, Rich, welcome to the show. Appreciate you being on. Thank Am you. I thanks for having me. you accurately? Well, uh, more it's more if people can do it, they will do it, you know? Yeah, they will. It's Right. And it's getting easier and easier to do. All those saleable works, you know, something that's as easily reproducible now as it is these days, you know? as music or something like that, it's, uh, you know, people are going to do it, you know? Yeah, hey, are you, do you have your computer on? You, can you mute your computer? We're not, we're on a delay, or is that? No, no, hang on. Okay. Okay, I got it now. Okay, great. Yeah, we're just on a, I don't know how long the delay is, seven seconds. Right. So. Yeah, well. Okay, so now your article, was it mainly looking at the economic impact of these these bootlegs? And are you looking Not at in a the, larger sense. It's more like uh, what... As how it relates to an individual person, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, model of the economic man, Homo yeah. economicus, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, unless, unless there's a big enough disincentive for people to do it, people are going to do it. They're going to make bootlegs, you know. 
unless there's something like fines or jail times or something like that. Even duplicating uh, paid recording, not just live music, but even duplicating. I mean, I personally don't own an iPod, but if uh, now that iPod has made digital music the standard, that people are going to look for digital music, you know. I'll tell you one other thing. I, I'll never. I can't find a trader who will trade MP3 files. We trade. <laughs> oh, really? We trade the full. We we trade the. Um, we don't trade MP3s uh, at all. We trade. Are you still CDs. recording shows? Beg your pardon. Are you still recording shows? No. Live shows? No. Well, I could, but I just haven't got out. Right. You know. I was wondering. I mean, this week, this week I ordered one of those uh, handheld field recorders, and the technology. I did a little research on it. The technology is, is off the top. You know, it's know. crazy. You get great sound. Right. But you we get great sound, and, and it's the size of a pack of cigarettes. You know. Yep, and we don't. Uh, but boot, true bootleggers don't uh, compress the files. We we keep them oh, really? uncompressed. Well, you get better sound. You get better sound. We actually, we actually want to listen to it. Right. You know, not put in, uh, earphones on and run around listening as background music. Right. But uh, hey, look, I, uh, Doug, I'll, uh, let me give a plug to my site here, just in case anybody sure. is interested in some of the old stuff, or they can read the article as well. It's actually on there. My name is Rick McGrath, and the site is called www.rickmcgrath.com with my name being all one word they'll take you to the they'll take you to the my portal page i'm i'm so out of date i don't even have a blog i just have a site and g r a t h irish M-C-G-R-A-T-H. okay rickmcgrath.com yeah you because, uh, you'll see a thing there that says trade list hit trade list and you can read my bootleg article there you go. And right beside it is the list of all those old farts that I interviewed. Well, now you've got 3,500 boots. What's the, what's the draw to them? That's so many of them. Is it? You know, I actually haven't I haven't traded any for about two years too. Yeah. I mean, I just got I ran, a I ran out of space, and b it dawned on me that if I listen to these things for the rest of my life, I won't get through them all. Right. <laughs> I got more. I got hundreds of hours, thousands of hours of stuff. Right. So what is it, the thrill of the hunt or just the... the well, to a certain degree, see, I, get, I get on to a certain artist, right? Like I've got a million, say, fire sign theater bootlegs because I really loved them as a kid, right? Uh, mm-hmm. fire, the comedy guys, right? Uh-huh. i got everything Charday ever put out bootlegs because I really love her, right? And uh, mm-hmm. then I've got like Bob Dylan. You know, I sort of, uh, I, you know, once you get on to somebody, you can see how their career goes. And sometimes, you know, you can get a concert that is just magic. You know, every now and then an artist will just put on a show that just kicks ass, and it's better than the record, you know, because it's live. It's you know, it's got feeling. There's a, a crowd reaction that they're feeding off of. You never get that on a record, you know. And uh, to a certain degree, it's just a different way of. It's a different version of all the songs you like. Like I got a bunch of Rundgren boots, you know. And Todd plays. He plays entirely different in concert than he does in a studio. Yes. You know, he's he's live. He's there. He's interacting. He's feeding off the people. Well, you can actually pick that up, and you can hear it back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a thing that uh, it's an added bonus, you know, to the song. Sure. Or they'll play well, a really long version of it. Or if you go to a Rundgren concert, well, I used to, you know, I, last time I saw Todd, he played the first half of the show he played his new stuff, and the second half of the show was the greatest hits. Well, <laughs> show me a record that does that. You yeah. know, you can't get that. You can't get the combination of songs. Well, there's so some you, things too where they'll do covers and things that they don't have. That's right. You, you'll, you'll hear songs you'll never hear on a record. Right. Yeah. Or you'll well, often hear them. with a, excuse me, often with a studio recording, 
they play it so many times. They do so many takes that they lose, oh, they lose their edge. They lose. And with a live recording, it's very immediate, and they, you know, that's they right. really got the soul. That's yeah. right. And I don't. And you, you know what? Nobody gives a shit if they make a mistake. It just comes and goes. It's part of the that sort of you know, it's a linear medium. You know, it you, you can't stop it. You know, you just flow mm-hmm. along with it. They make a mistake. Who cares? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, and and half of what I like about going to see live shows is the the talking in between the songs and Todd is yep. like famous for some of his talking. That's right. So, I mean, that would be half the fun. Oh, sure it is. Huh. You know, like the other night, it. apparently the other night he threw quite a little temper tantrum and he admitted that in the interview that we listened to earlier tonight. And, yeah. You know, well, now it's, it's, uh, yeah. See, I, I, I get a lot of, I get a lot of uh, emails from people who, uh, who check out my list and they see a show that they were actually at. You know, when they were in yeah. their 20s or 30s. Mm-hmm. You know, they email me, you know, because they want to, you know, I remember that show, you know, geez, you know, I'd sure love to relive it. You know, <laughs> so there's that. There's also a historical aspect to this as well. All this stuff normally would just go go away. It plays and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, guys like me actually are little mini historians for the future. You know, all, bootleggers, you know, their stuff is, you know, I suspect that maybe 100 years from now some some uh, university guy maybe you know may burrow through this stuff. Right, Rick. Are all um, your shows analog? Are any of them digitized? They're all digitized. They're, they're all, all digital, like. but they're not. Uh, they're uncompressed. Uh-huh. They're uh, like I use a Mac, so they're AIF files, uh-huh. not M- MP3 files. Yeah, MP3 reduces the quality. Right? Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. You can't take away ninety percent of the information and still have the same stuff left. You know, it just so, doesn't work. So, Rich, do you you know do you think that th- these people that are recording these and the fact these are out there, do you think that hurts the artist at all, or do you think it might help them get you know people draw more interest to them? Like, you well, know, you know, if I was a if I was a guy marketing myself, I would uh, I would embrace every opportunity to get my stuff out there. Regardless, I think I think that uh, the old fashioned model. For the recording industry is broken now. That's right. Now that everything's so easily reproduced. Well, they're selling it by the song now, not by the CD. I selling it by the song, by the and song. It's, it's it's easy to make another one. It's it costs nothing to make another one. The marginal cost of producing That's another right. recording is zero. You know, yep. or yep. damn near close to zero. Yep. And and uh, I think that it's not. It's in live performance now. The value of the music in in music industry is in live performance, mm-hmm. and not in recordings anymore. I agree with you. Hmm. So really the ticket sales from the live shows, not necessarily the recordings of the live shows. You know, the, the live shows that are being recorded are not competing against anything really. But this is a different situation with Todd. So let me let me run this by both of you. Todd has got an album that will be out in September. It's going to be digitally available uh, really soon, maybe within the next week or two. But he's been touring and playing the entire album. So yeah. the really hardcore fans have heard this album already through bootlegs. Yeah. Does this help or hurt Todd Rundgren? I think it helps them because I think they're going to oh, be more enthused to go buy the buy the CD when it comes out. I what think it'll the, sell tickets. What if the quality's not good? What if What if the quality? I think it'll sell tickets. I think it'll sell tickets, and I think it'll sell T-shirts, and I yeah, think it'll yeah, well, you know yeah, sell yeah. the whole event. It's marketing, man. It's like the more you know. It's just more of everything. Is what so you it's want. kind of a, it, that, any press is good press. Well, the deal is, they're not. Are they selling these bootlegs or are they no, just trading them? No, it's uh, on. It's on the. Um, 
one of the websites Dama Dozen or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So they're not so selling them. No. Rick, no, look, I have to go. I'm at a show right now, and the band's about to start. Uh, so I have to go back in. <laughs> really? Thank you. Appreciate you calling in. Rich Wright from Melbourne. Thank you, Doug. Thanks. Thank you. It was nice talking to you. Hey, enjoyed it, man. Thanks. Okay. Okay, bye. All right. Okay, so Rick, that was Rich. I was hoping Rich would kind of be um, anti-bootlegs. <laughs> I'm well, not, I'm really, not you know, it's just, uh, the way the music industry is these yeah. days, uh, it's so screwed up anyway. Yeah. You know, well, they can't figure that They haven't adopted the... They're slow to embrace the digital world, and they're paying the price for it. Yeah. If they were smart, they would they would have start they would have start doing this ten years ago. Well, I I tried to get in touch with the RIAA and some other organizations, and yeah. none none of them responded. I told them I was looking for. Well, one. You, I know, guess, you know, the bootlegs got a bad name because at the beginning they were all sold. They were all sold right. for profits, mm-hmm. right? And then once CDs came along, though, then that whole thing went away. Mm-hmm. Once the digital, well, once the internet, some, the internet yeah. killed it. There's still some on eBay that you can find unofficial bootlegs that people will sell. Sure, sure. You don't so have to buy them. There's still some of that, but most yeah, like you go to some of these websites, there's thousands of, of bootlegs that are free for your use. No yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah, so it is it is a little bit different. But, you yeah. know, Todd mentioned years ago when he was talking about this and the record industry needs to get on board, something more like the cable business or satellite business where you pay a subscription fee, sure. which obviously he did with Patronet, but you pay a subscription fee to get all the music you want or certain kinds of music, yeah. which, you know, um, yeah. and they just didn't jump on that. And, I, yeah. and now I think that may even be too late. There may be some people that would do that, but yeah. um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, I mean, I guess you still have that now Napster and them, I guess, charge a fee, but I don't know. You know, yeah, maybe if, if, uh, maybe you if know the that. artists got together and said, we, we don't care if you put up our... Uh, unofficial bootlegs as long as we get a cut, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Have one big side yeah. for it or something, you know. But, you know, not everybody collects everything. I mean, I'm looking at my Todd little list of Todd boots here, and essentially I stopped collecting him after 1979. Uh-huh. Right? Now, I don't think anything from 1970 to 79 is going to be reissued and sold. I don't think I'm uh, cutting into any uh, any big sales there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh yeah. You know, and some of them are great. I mean, I got one with the, you know, he's playing with Rick Derringer, Stevie Nicks, Hall and & Oates, and Spencer Davis. You know, that was a fun, yeah. that was a great show. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm in Canada anyway. You know, Canada's slightly different. Uh, it's not illegal to uh, own a bootleg in Canada. It's only illegal to mail one out of the country, mm-hmm. <laughs> oddly enough. And how the hell they check that is <laughs> They don't. No, you know, probably not. I have a lot yeah. stolen, though. Postman. Uh, there's a lot of postmen out there who got light fingers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably true. Checking through customs. So now yeah. you have these Todd bootlegs on your website? Yeah, I do. Rick I haven't got that many, though. Yeah, but still, 79, you know, some before then. That'd be well, cool. I got the runt hand. I got the, I got the, I got the 1970 studio outtakes of his first album. Really? That's a good one. Studio soundboard outtakes too. of runt. What's that? It's studio FM and soundboard. Mm-hmm. That particular, that particular uh, you know, it's uh, alternate alternate takes in various lives from the early days. Mm-hmm. I got them in Ultrasonic Studios in New York in 1972. It was an FM show. Now, what do you do when you what do you do when you tape an FM show? Right. You know, who's yeah. who owns that? Now, that's a good question. You know, well, anyway, until they start knocking on my door and uh, pulling out the handcuffs, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know, it's it's so easy to get away with it that. Uh, you know, like your prior guest said, uh, 
you know, unless they figure out a way to slap people around for doing it, they're just going to keep doing it. They're just going to send letters and whatnot, you know. So do you you trade or sell yours? I trade. Trade? So you trade? Oh, yeah. It's a a trading site. That's what everyone... Yeah. Uh, There are guys out there. There's guys out there with big sales sites, though. You can tell because they want like $20, $25 for for a bootleg. Yeah. I've come across some guys who will, um, if you really beg them, they will... Well, they'll give you a bootleg. They'll give you a dub of one of their bootlegs for the cost of the CD and mailing, which mm-hmm. is hardly a profitable. I mean, that's like two bucks these no. days. Well, if I'm going to pay twenty-five dollars, it it better come with. I mean, the artist better unfold out of that envelope when it appears. Yeah, well, they don't. In fact, a lot of it's just crap because I've got the stuff myself, you know, and I know that this guy's. Never uh, deal with a guy unless he lists what the audio quality is, which I do on my site. Like I say, the I say where the artist, where the concert was, the date, and then I uh, what city, what year, and then I say whether it was a soundboard, an FM, TV, and then I give a letter grade to how good the sound quality is from A plus, which is you can't tell it's not a CD down to say I think my worst is about a B minus, which is mm. only for for hardcore collectors. There you go. Yeah. All right, man, Rick, I appreciate you calling in. And hey, well, that's great. Uh, yeah, Did well, you... hey, it's an ongoing topic. Yeah, rickmcgrath.com, right? G-R-A-T-H-M-C-G-R-A-T-H.com. If you want to check out his website. Yeah, check, and, out my, uh, check out my list. If anybody there's got anything they want to trade. Well, if you get any hate mail <laughs> in the next 20 minutes, have them call us. We need somebody who's uh, anti-bootlegs. We can't find them. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? You're talking right, to the man. converted. There you go. Thanks, Rick. Okay, well, thanks a lot, man. We'll see you later. All right, man, thanks. Okay, bye. All right, there you go. That's Rick uh, McGrath from McGrath.com. He is pro-bootlegs, obviously. 304, you're with us. You pro or anti-bootlegs? You got something else you want to talk about? Uh, my name's Tony Rogers. Good to talk to you. <laughs> my boy, uh, Tony. You probably know where I come down on the subject. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Hi, uh, Tony. How are you doing, dear? You guys were Oh, fine, the, sweetie. You guys are still... Uh, uh, Intact after the whole Kauai experience, huh? Trying to survive, man. Trying yeah, to recover it, from it. You know, this is, you know, the one thing I know it's probably been said before. I haven't had a chance to listen a whole lot to it, but this is really kind of a unique thing where you got the whole record, you know, played out before. And that that's, uh, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if it's been discussed why that the tour, uh, you know, came out in advance of the release of the record, if there was a lag in it or what the reason for it was, but, uh, you know, it kind of creates a special problem. I think I said on the chat earlier tonight, the only other time I can think this happened was when they did that little run-up of shows before they did the second wind tour, where you got a whole bunch of new material out there. And, you know, let's face it, I mean, the hardcore fans, they want to hear the songs. That's that's what it really gets down to. And uh, I'm, I'm one that's very high profile about this stuff, and I've never really had any uncomfortable feeling around Todd about it. He's He's always kind of understood where I think I was coming from, and, and uh, I've never, ever taken a penny from anybody for anything for ever. I mean, it's just the way it's kind of been, and uh, and uh, I think you kind of have to have that attitude towards it. I've spent a lot of money sending out postage to stuff to people for free all the time. It's just... Uh, it's just something that happens, and and uh, you know, in in this in this particular tour, most of the people that I that I have ever done anything with, uh, you know, are ones that would buy multiple copies of the of the record. So I don't 
I don't see the people that I ever see really taking any money out of his pocket. I don't think anybody's going to listen to a bootleg and not and not buy the record. Mm-hmm. Well, and, yeah, and I know people, uh, and you're the you know one of the uh, ones that is well known that trade in the Todd world, and that's the, the word trade. There's no there's no money changing hands and and anything like that, and there's no competition for what you have. You can't go buy from Hi-Fi Records or Bearsville, Todd singing Kathy's Clown, but you have it, and we played it here. I mean, that's there's no financial loss to him if you play Kathy's Clown on Rungren Radio because nobody can go buy that anywhere. As a matter of fact, maybe people will like enough to go to a show. I mean, that's probably a stretch. But with Arena, you know, one thing that's kind of nice about having these bootlegs, if you've listened to them, if you're going to a show, a lot of people, I'm one of them, I want to be familiar with the music before I go. That doesn't mean you have to play the set list I want you to play. I just would like to kind of know the song so I can sing along, you know, and have a little familiarity to them. And so I like the fact that it's out because now when I go to the show, I know some of the words, I know what's coming, I know what the songs are. And then you have these people that don't want that. They they um, they call you a spoiler if you tell them what the set list is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a good friend like that in Cleveland, uh, Brian Tapp. In fact, I, sh- I shouldn't probably name him, but Brian never wanted to know what the set list was before he got to the show. So when we go, Roger Steele and I and Kim Hoffman and that group, we'd always have to kind of whisper, behind, you know, whisper things behind. He didn't want to hear. <laughs> and I understand, you know, some people want the total surprise, but you know, I mean, there's all kind of levels of that, guys. I think people get into the, uh, you know, a lot of the different, like depending on the material. Like I thought the last tour, especially, was wide open on guitar and. Yeah, really, it varied a lot from night to night. I mean, the solos and where Todd was coming from on the guitar solos to me was a big part of the of the show, and it to me it was significantly different night after night, and was also to me kind of significantly different how he would approach it, uh, it with with uh, you know how how loose it would be. Sometimes it would be pretty much the the road way to go, and then other times they'd get on a uh, you know really get on a, a stretch there, and they they'd go off, and he, he they'd really make something happen different. And, yeah, that's kind of the whole. I guess that's kind of a Grateful Dead type of an idea of kind of spontaneous creativity. But, but uh, that's a lot of reason why people follow it too. And and, uh, uh, but I you know with this arena stuff, stuff straightforward. But I mean, you know, it was precious for those of us who have heard these these boots. You know, we we get familiar with the songs, and it doesn't mean for a second we're not going to, you know, go through the wall to try to buy these things or try to, you know, get people behind this because this is really a commercial. Pro- I mean, from you know from what we've heard from these bootlegs, it's really a commercial commercially oriented album I, I think it i think it has potential that way and the question is is how do you how do you penetrate the market in this new type of a uh, world where you know you really don't people aren't really going to the record stores and uh you know like like they used back in the days when when i was a you know young kid the hippie long hair you know walking to the record store to buy you know the uh raw record or, or, or something it's, it's it's a different uh yeah it's a different time you know sure absolutely well, you know this was kind of interesting. I read this on the TR Connection, and I'm sorry, I can't recall who it was. Uh, she said, apparently it was the thread about the boot that came out from Seattle, and she said, I don't want to listen to it because I heard it in Hawaii, and I want it, I want it to be fresh or whatever when I see Todd wherever she's going to see Todd. So there are some people that just aren't interested in the bootlegs, and, that, and I think that's fine, too. Well, when you look at the download numbers that you see on these sites like Dime, it's not that many. It's definitely the hardcore fans. And I, I don't see, I know I'm preaching the choir here, but if you 
aren't in the loop on this, the studio version of Mad that's on the MySpace page for Todd Rundgren is clearly better than these bootlegs. I mean, it is awesome. And the bootlegs are good, but you can just clearly tell the difference, in my opinion, that the studio version is going to be really good. Well, and it's different, too. I mean, and the timbres aren't exactly the same. I mean, they try to do the best that a live band did, but you, you got to remember, Todd kind of with his, you know, the program, the way he's done this new record is uh, a lot of it's just plugged directly in, so he's he's able to, a lot to get a lot of these models and a lot of these sounds that are a lot more difficult to do in a live context. So, you know, their live performance is really kind of the best approximation of the record that they can do. But, you know, for those who've heard Matt on the MySpace page, it clearly sounds different. I mean, the timbres sound different, and there's there's a lot more to it, you know. Yeah, well, one <laughs> we got a snide, funny remark. I mean, you know, we 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 earlier in the show we we're talking about how to help Todd sell records because you know it's we've always felt like he should sell more than he does, but we're worried about bootlegs of the guy and people making money off those. There's well, yeah, and okay. I don't think it's I don't think it's as much money, man. But I tell you what, I I plan on, and I think I think it's going to make a, a a big difference when you have sale numbers. I mean, if you're what you can do really to help directly yourself on this. If the sales numbers, if you typically go out and buy one one record, if everybody buys two, that doubles the sales figures. If everybody buys three or four, and and I'm standing here and you're thinking, well, why would I buy five, six, or seven? Well, how much are you going to pay first of all for a ticket yeah. uh, to go see him? Yeah, Secondly, you can, you can help these sales d- directly by giving these to, to people and giving them b- before the shows. Now in this situation you might see some some shows after hopefully we'll, we'll see some other shows supporting this when it's gone but who knows if it's going to be what you know like like it is now where you're really running the, the, the whole album down like this mm-hmm. i mean i think i said somewhere on it that i the another person that did this one time was neil young did this with uh russ never sleeps he went out on the road and just started playing this tour and did the whole thing from you know front to end and and uh you know that turned out pretty good but i, I think so far i mean at least from the the, the reviews that I've seen on the connection, the bands are really starting to heat up, and uh, and uh, you know I'm going to Buffalo. Hopefully, you know I'm trying to talk my my, my wife. The trial, you, you better know, get on it. It sells out over there. That should be the end of tour. It should be red hot. Then I'm going to catch that Sergeant Pepper thing, and everybody needs to remember, like I was saying on the chat, that uh, people need to get out and support that because this is really Todd's thing. It's got we've got so many of the members of the band, you know the the for the, you know John Forensic and you had Greg Hawks. All these guys are going to be involved in Prairie. I've heard on this tour so it's you know it's real important to get out and support that and yeah i really and, uh, want to go to that there's a good one a good opportunity to go there's going to be one in vegas labor day weekend which would be fun you could stay for labor day weekend i think it's that friday night so you could stick around saturday and sunday and then you know you got monday off so you could stay even longer if you wanted do you know go to shows gamble whatever it is you like i think it's a good idea to buy a few copies i'd already thought about that you know there's a couple of people the thing that's different about this CD is you probably everybody's probably got some friends that like this type of rock and roll, uh, and just haven't really necessarily. It's, it's different for Todd. I know he's played some rock. Don't get me wrong, but you know it's one of those that that uh, you, you may have a friend who may get into that that doesn't get into the other part of Todd. It's worth giving giving it a shot. And we got the holidays coming up. You know, within six months or so, set five months. You got Christmas, Hanukkah, etc., Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Why not give it as a gift? I like that idea, Tony. Well, that's good, and, and there's there's also one more thing I'm thinking. If anybody from Hi-Fi is thinking about this Anthem Mountaintop, it might not. It may behoove them to print a bunch of CD singles and 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 case ship it up to ESPN or case ship it to each of the 
universities that would play these sort of anthem songs because I mean if the song turns out like like it has live I mean it's going to be a, a real you know earth shaking type of a call and res- call and response thing I mean I can hear it booming out of I'm 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 hoping to get it at you know bo- booming out at Mountaineer Field there you know when West Virginia takes the field this year I got some friends there and they, and I think if everybody tries to pull just if everybody just tries to get together and pull what friends they have and try to push and try to do anything you can. Uh, we used to have a great network a long time ago in U- Utopia Times. Uh, Murph was great at everybody calling the radio stations. I remember that uh, I heard an interview one time with uh, Paul Fishkin, who said that uh, you know every time the, the radio on the on the on, on the new Todd would would be re- really good, but it would also be disproportionate to the sales because the Todd fans were so aggressive in calling the radio stations, requesting a single, request a single. And then after it went, it went they realized that they, it was just all the hardcore Todd fans <laughs> calling in. But, but I, I think if if we could do that, this record is one that could could really cross over. And coming on the heels of the Cars thing and everything, you know, the the, the momentum's pointing up. So I think if now's it, now's the time we can try to you know bring some bring some justice to the old man's side, as as they right. say. You know, he's getting out there yeah. sixty years old, jump jumping around like he's twenty five. It's just. Uh, Certainly de- de- deserves it, man. I'm I, I can't wait to hear it. Like I I'm I haven't heard the whole thing. I know some advanced copies have gone out. You may you guys may have heard it, but uh, I haven't. I've only heard the uh, first single or the, the song on there, Mad, and it sounds great. I'm just just like you. That's the reason why I clutch those bootlegs. I just can't wait to hear them. You got to get a head start. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, I'm planning on taking. I'm planning on getting Mountaintop. You know, I go. I'm a big fan of the Miami Dolphins, and I, I know some folks up there up top, and they have terrible music for their shows and um, for their games. And this will be. I mean, they're playing Bon Jovi and '80s stuff. That's just horrible. I mean, you know, if you like that, I, I don't mean to be offensive, but it's not football music anymore. Exactly. And uh, maybe they'll play something like this. You never know. So that's that's another good idea. You know, on the same page on that. I got some confusion in the chat room. Godfrey was the musical director of Abbey Road. Jesse Gress is the music director of Sgt. Pepper's. You heard that on here. I was the source. You're looking for the source. My source is Mary Lou Arnold, who, of course, is married to Jesse Gress. So I think that's a reliable source. And <laughs> you can... Go see those shows. They're going to be there's several of them now, and you do have you know three of the cars: Greg Hobbs, Prairie Prince, and Todd, the new car, excuse me. Right. And you do have Jesse. It's going to be uh, there's different ones. I think Bo Bice. I don't know if he's going to be at all of them. Christopher Cross. That's going to be pretty unique. And I know Todd. I was also told Todd will be doing three of his solo songs. The other folks, I believe, are only going to do two. So you get a special treat there, like you did when you went to the new car shows. If you want to hear Todd, you got three or four of his songs. So check it out and uh, support the artist. Exactly, that's exactly right. It's going to be my kids' first Todd show. They're four years old. And I'm, they're going to be having lawn seats for the Sergeant Pepper thing. So it should be. Yeah. They're Beatles fans too, so it'll be oh, a nice cool. way. Yeah, they're they're, yeah. they're real curious. They're real curious about this Todd guy since since Daddy was going to play the week. Somebody want to bring up forensic? I think you mentioned that too. For John forensic's going to be on there. He was a great guest here. Godfrey is doing Hippie Fest. Somebody asked. He's on tour doing that. So uh, he's not involved in the Sergeant Peppers. I don't. He may be in it some, but uh, I know he's doing Hippie Fest as well. So uh, forensic Hawks, Prairie Prince, Jesse Grass, Todd Rundgren. You're going to know those names and have a good time if you go to those shows. I really want to try to catch one. I'm just trying to figure out how to make it work. But maybe they'll add some more of those. And then, of course, it looks like Todd's going to add some more shows because he booked that double show at the Blender in December. So that's kind of cool. So hopefully they'll start heading to the East Coast and further down to the South. 
we shall see. Hey, uh, Tony, they said that there's only about 20 tickets left for the trial. If you don't have any yet, you might want to go ahead and buy one. And also, uh, I know there's been somebody on eBay trying to get rid of some, and they I think they were trying to make a profit, but now I think they're just going to take what they can get because they haven't got any bids because there's still some available. But uh, that one did sell out last time. It only holds about 500 people, I hear, something like that. So it's kind of tight, and they, and Todd's popular over there. All right, my man. We'll so there you go. Thank Tony. you, man. I'll see you guys. I'll, I'll, take, uh, I'll see you guys. Uh, Cruiser Mail, we'll see you guys. Uh, we'll, uh, you know, hopefully see you guys on the road. Said I'm going to Buffalo and uh, going to hit Champion, and we'll see what else uh, what, what else is in store. But I'm like you guys, I'm waiting for this download. Did anybody say anything about the date of the download or anything available? All Lynn said was we're so close it's not even funny. So I assume okay. that's, you know, probably next week maybe. I mean, it's supposed Perfect. to be this month. There's not much time left. So yeah. uh, just a couple of dot, uh, sounds like crossing T's and dot and I's, and we're good to go, man. All right. Got to be coming soon. All right, guys. Peace out. Right, we'll man. see you. All right, peace. Bye-bye. Bye, Tony. Bye. He was coming to Texas. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yep. Uh, we were thinking about doing a live show from Texas, and uh, there's a small possibility for the Dallas show. But I think what I'm probably going to do, we got there's a new device out that we're going to try, and I may just try it first, and then if it works, wait for a show like in the launch of a tour or something, so that we can get a little more excited about it. It'll be a little different for everybody. You know, wait, what are you talking about? Doing a doing another live Rungan radio show. You said the launch of the tour, right? A launch, like when they start up again in, say, 2009 or something. You know, last year they had oh. a December tour, and the first one was Dallas, and that's when we did the show. And it was a lot of fun because there were, you know, people wanting to hear the set list, see what was going on. They had merch for the first time, you know, things like that. I said, uh, <laughs> Tommy's saying, I said, cross your eyes and dot your T's. Or maybe he's saying that. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> funny stuff. Well, I don't know. I think if you can if you I, I don't know. Let me speak as a listener at this point and I think if it's possible that you can get permission from the powers that be and you can get whatever equipment you need, I think you need to see if you can uh, broadcast a little bit from one of the shows this weekend. All right. Well, y'all be paying attention cuz I may do Dallas then. I it'll, you know, we'll promote it everywhere. I would probably test the system in Austin and then maybe do it in Dallas. It's it's a new device. It's really fancy. It's Bluetooth-oriented. It's supposed to make sound better. It's kind of like a man-on-the-street device, but still, you got loud music. We've got to make sure that it doesn't decompress like it has in the past because that would, you know, that's always a bummer. But, uh, yeah. all right, we'll, we'll look into it. You know, i got to get permission and all that good stuff, but it would be fun. Um, since I was speaking to Tommy a minute ago, if you're listening, I've heard good things. I haven't bought it myself yet. I've been kind of busy with some work issue situations. <laughs> so uh, I will, though. The CD is called ZKG. It's at cdbaby.com backslash CD backslash Tommy. And I'm going to spell his last name for you because if I say it, you won't know how to spell it. Z-V-O-N-C-H-E-C-K. Or just go to CD Baby and search for the album ZKG. And I know that Todd was very influenced and used to love the band Yes. And there is a song on there that TZ did with John Anderson of Yes. So that's got to be No cool. kidding. Yeah. All right, Tommy. So if you're a Yes fan, you got to buy it. If you're a Tommy fan, you got to buy it. If you don't like either one of them, you need to buy it anyway because we want you to. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. <laughs> you know, guy. we don't want any. 
we don't want anybody trading in the illegal boots of that, you know. Yeah, don't be burning it. Don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, Groupie G says the CD is great. She has bought it. Oh, good. There you go. Very good. And Groupie G's got good taste in music. We know that for sure. Yeah, she just has, you know, questionable taste in men, but other than that, she's all good. <laughs> oh, just Dave, kidding, we love you. Dave, just kidding. All right, so Dave K is promoting that the band Rush will be on the Colbert Report tonight. I definitely want to see that. You know, we were talking about, too, about bootlegging uh, TV shows, for lack of a better term, bootlegging, I guess, burning them, whatever. And it wasn't too long ago that uh, Michelle was looking for Todd copies of that time he was on Colbert Report. So how about that? When when Todd was on there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I'm so sorry, you're cutting. I'm, I'm having a list. Oh, you? I was picking on you a little bit with your, huh? Oh, Groupie G, she's being nasty. All right, O.C. Sherry, do you want to talk or are you just listen in? For some reason, I got O.C. Sherry showing up on the thing. Uh, she says listening, so I guess she doesn't want to say anything. All right, so, Chris, uh, you know, well, you haven't talked much. Give me some stuff. What you got? Well, you know, I just, I, I this may be a discussion for another night, but I thought it might get some people to call in uh, that, I mean, of course, most of us have listened to these bootleg copies that are floating around Mm -hmm. of Arena, and I was just curious to hear some, some people's ideas of who they're hearing that Todd was channeling or whatever. Um, You know, we've all made the obvious uh, cross connection with with uh, you can hear ACDC's influence in Strike and uh, ZZ Top, Bob Seger, Billy Idol. I mean, I I can hear all kinds of artists in this album, mm-hmm. and I just didn't know if anyone had any other ones out there that 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 they heard and said, oh, that sounds just like you know Gary Newman or something. I didn't know. <laughs> Watch who you say. But, yeah, no question, there's some that, uh, you know, bring back some old memories. I think Mercenary, more ZZ Top Ordian, but I, I hear some Rush in some of the songs, too. Um, I think Mad may be one of them, but, man, nothing wrong with that. But definitely unique sound for Todd. we got a call coming in, and I'm trying to unmute him here, so just a second. This is somebody on one of those one one ones. So it might be Darnell, I don't know. Just call her it's me. Hello. Hi, it's Sherry. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. Hey. Hi, Mel. <laughs> anyway, uh, my opinion <laughs> is um, that I think that I, when I listen to the live stuff, I kind of listen more to the musicians playing the music mm-hmm. as opposed to like trying to analyze the songs yet. I haven't gotten to that point where I really listen to who's sounding like what what it's actually sounding like you know with just what's out there do you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah so you know one thing i noticed on that subject of talking about each individual i saw some pictures it looked like matt bolden was moving away from the keyboards in front of him a little bit which to me shows a sign that he's being more comfortable and i also saw a lot of smiles from rachel with her new blonde hair so you got to think the band started to get used to each other starting to have a little bit of fun because you know, it's hard to deny that they looked a little bit, you know, nervous for the first time, and you don't blame them. I know I would have been. I probably would have been up there, you know, 
throwing well, up something. Well, that's true. And, and actually, I've been lucky enough that I've seen them uh, two times since Hawaii also. Oh. And I got to see two nights in a row. Even one night after the next, it seemed like they were just getting more into a groove with each other. And it gave me the opportunity also to just listen to each of their parts as part of the music and just really get more into the songs because I like to hear the I like to know the songs before I go to a show also normally. Right. Well, there's the uh, there's clearly one with a lot of bass in it that I really I really like. It was the next to last song in Hawaii, and I'm having trouble thinking of it. It's not Man Up, I don't think. It's Panic. 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 Yeah, and then um, Craddock or Crad Rock says that Bardo sounds a lot like Robin Trower. I'm sure you've already heard that Bardo is the um as uh based on Buddhism. Buddhism, it's the sixth um I don't know, y'all help me out with this. Level, like sixth a sixth level. level, yeah, yeah. That's commitment sort of, or something. Yeah, yeah. So uh <laughs> the the lyrics actually are already out too. If you haven't seen those, you can find them on T R Connection, you can find them on MySpace, on the Todd Driver site. And that was kinda cool that they gave us that um, you know, early. So we could kind of break those down. Definitely, that's that was great. Instead of trying so, to figure them all out. Yeah. Well, Mad is. Uh, <laughs> I think Mad's very funny. You know. I think that's really, a great song. Gosh, that yeah. could, I think it could really be a big hit too. Well, you know what's funny is is if I was thinking the other day, um, I thought, you know, okay, next time I get mad at somebody, I'm just going to look at them and say, button one. <laughs> I told you not to call me here. Yeah, it's just it's somebody that's annoying you and, uh, you know, I guess clinging on or bothering too much or, or talks about themselves the whole time and, uh-huh. um, you know, won't be quiet or whatever. Uh, that's that's what it sounds like. But, you know, Todd always leaves the interpretation up to different people. And on these interviews he's talking about, you know, he keeps mentioning a lot about it's time to do things instead of just uh, talking about it. Just talking about it. And, you know, like his, his issue with Obama and the hope thing is, you know, Hope is not going to do it. We got to start taking action, and you know, these songs are some of those are about that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that Mad could have been a good theme song for the movie The Incredible Hulk, <laughs> and it would have been appropriate with Liv being in it. Absolutely, he was <laughs> but, short on getting that out. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's a good song for something like that in that genre, of being on a TV show, and just sure. I mean, there's so many different you know things that I can see a lot of them. Yeah, I can see a lot of them on TV, but hey, let's take a quick break and let's listen to a little bit of Matt again. Cool? Okay. Live online talk radio for Todd fans. This is RungrenRadio.com.
it's super cool. I think though that this song they I'm sure they had a reason why they picked it, maybe because it's first on the album for the first one they put out. But I don't think by any means this is going to be the best song on the album or the single if they release one. It's a great song, but I think there's most of the feedback I hear from people they love it, but it's not their favorite. Courage, no. is, yeah, Courage is the uh, I guess for lack of a better terms the more pop oriented song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that song, but the, the the rock song I like the most right now are the ones with, you know with a lot of guitar is Mercenary. I really like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And Afraid is really good. I don't know what you'd call that. <laughs> I can't classify that one. But it's just uh, and then Mountaintop is so fun. Mm-hmm. I love Mountaintop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, and Dustin mm-hmm. mentioned he likes pissing in it, and that, right. that the start of that <laughs> it gets in your head and it's hard to let go of it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> And you yeah. just want to say that to people sometimes, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I, uh, I'm i glad Todd's going to be singing that, but I hope to see a happy Todd this weekend in Texas. And I hope it's great tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah, you get to go to San Diego. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this will really be your excited. fourth time to see it. It'll be my fourth time, yeah, wow. Uh-huh. Ain't you something. Including Hawaii, uh-huh. What were the other you two know, shows in California you saw? Pardon me? What were the, the other, other shows? The Key Club? In uh-huh. Hollywood, uh-huh. and um, and the Coach House in San Juan Capistrano. Okay, so you didn't go to the um, Canyon no. Club. Okay. No, I didn't. Uh-huh. No, uh-huh. I heard that was a great show too. Darnell was there. Yeah, I've heard good feedback about that one. Yeah. Uh, you uh-huh. know, um, I was going to tell you, Francis. I hope I don't butcher this. I'm not a big TV guy. Francis Drescher. Fran Drescher, Drescher. Uh huh. From the Nanny. Yeah, Fran- she was there. Fran. She was there. I heard Jimmy uh-huh. Fallon was at the Key Club. Yes, he was. He actually ate in the restaurant that I ate at. <laughs> and so did Steve Perry from Journey. He was there. Yeah, I think I, I mentioned that before. Oh, really? Steve Journey? Yeah, well, he, was, he wasn't at the show, though. No, he wasn't at the show. He was yeah. sitting with other friends, and I overheard them um, because they were talking to the couple next to us also yeah. about their son was playing at the Whiskey O'Go-Go, which was like, well, you know, just a couple blocks down. Yeah, here's something to start a little conversation in case I haven't mentioned this on the show before, and I don't know that I have. Willie Wilcox. Was at a couple of shows in California. I heard that too. Aha! Yep. Uh-huh. Actually, I heard that he was in San Francisco, or, or I read that somewhere. I think. Yep, yep, yep. California, Willie Wilcox. Mm-hmm. Larry Tag was at a show. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the other one? There? I don't know if Bobby Brian Strickland. Grace is still online, but he was at the Canyon Club show too. Bobby and Strickland he took pictures. was there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Roger from TRC went to the San Francisco show. Yeah. Uh, Lynn Goldsmith and John Oates were at the show in Aspen last night. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Who's Judge Lynn Goldsmith? She's a photographer, isn't she? Uh, is Lynn she Goldsmith? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, who is that? I don't know. I'm just reporting, man. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> Waiting for Wendy to uh, to write. Yeah, Wendy's going to tell us who Lynn Goldsmith is. More yeah. importantly... she's a photographer, yeah. Okay. More importantly... Doug and Cruiser Mail will be at the Texas show Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> I'm very envious of that. I would love to go. Uh, I'll be with you guys, too, and hang out. <laughs> yep, Mindy will be there. Pippi will be there from Toddstock. Mm-hmm. Rock will be there at the Dallas show. Darnell Otto at the Dallas show. We've got lots of folks going. There's uh, mm. Ian from Toddstock will be at the Austin show. Mott will be at the Austin show. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a Toddstock reunion for a lot of people. <laughs> Sorry, O.C., we'll call you. We'll call okay, you good. Good, yeah. and if you do a show, that'll be awesome also. I would like that. Uh, I will try to do Dallas, you know, maybe. What would I, I don't know, it's kind of complicated. It's 
Tell me this. I'll give you a vote since you called in and were kind enough to call in tonight. Okay. Really, my choices would probably be, I think they have a problem with me doing arena songs. I want to do like two songs. So I want to do interviews either pre-show or post-show. So if I do pre-show, you're going to get Love in Action and I don't know what the second song is. What's the second on the set list? Y'all know? Is it Bite My Eyes? Open My Eyes, maybe? Open My Eyes. You'll get Love in Action, Open My Eyes, I think. Or post-show, it would be Just One Victory and Could I Just Tell You? Could I Just Tell You and then Just One Victory. Yes. Uh So which two of those would you prefer? The latter. For sure. Ladder, just one yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then what we because would do, it's more nostalgic and, and it's, yeah. yeah. And we, it's awesome. <laughs> we, we would grab fans after the show to see what they thought about it. And uh, hopefully the reviews would be good and we wouldn't have people upset that Todd was mad or dropped the F bomb or whatever. So we would uh, we would do that. And probably we'd have some people that may be in, you know, altered state of mind after the show. It would be kind of fun. The thing I like about the pre show is asking people what they want to hear, people I don't know. And some of the hilarious answers you get, if you know the set list, they're hilarious. But uh, I've done that before, so, you know, we'll try this maybe. That that would be fun. Yeah, that would I would love fun. that. Okay. Yeah. Go, Go for it. Victory. We'll make it happen. We'll try. Yeah. Wish yeah, I think, uh, I think the end of the show would be cool. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. And, and, you know, people will be excited after the show. We'll get some good feedback maybe. Maybe chase some couple of the, you know, Jesse always comes out and wraps up his wires, et cetera. Oh, sure, yeah. and Matt and Rachel are pretty accessible, too. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Very nice. I feel Rachel's gone through a little makeover lately, I hear. <laughs> she has blonde hair, yeah. It seems so, yeah. She looks good. Somebody Todd took her shopping? What's that? I don't know. I don't she know. had some cool clothes on in some of the pictures of the last show, the one in, uh, I guess it was Colorado. Yeah, I think yeah. Were, like, her stockings were all ripped. She looked very, very cool. She looked very rocker. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh-huh, with her blonde hair. She is cool. She really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't know. That's uh, what they wear is kind of, uh, um, one of them told me, I won't mention names, but told me that Todd just kind of said, one of the newer people just said, you know, I just wear whatever the coolest thing is you have in your closet type deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think they all just went and looked for something black, you know, and put it on. But looks like they're, uh, you know. When, when I was at the coach house, that venue was very, very warm, and it, it took a long time before they actually came down from, uh, during the intermission from the first act, mm-hmm. and it got just got hotter and hotter in the place, and when Prairie came out, he was wearing like short short shorts with uh, just a t-shirt and his, um, his big leather um, yoke collar thing yeah. that he's got going on where he looks like a warrior just about, yeah. but with these short shorts. He wears shorts. Pretty funny. Shorts. I think there had to be, because I saw Jesse one of these get-ups, too. They must have been thinking, and maybe they did for this video, or maybe they did it for some kind of promotion, that they were going to wear some kind of, you know, get-ups that looked okay. like... Uh, gladiator yeah, kind of thing? Gladiator look, yeah. Because yeah. I've seen Jesse in it, and now we've seen Prairie in it. So, something... Mary was Lou was wearing it in Hawaii. Oh, really? Mary Lou? <laughs> yeah. Was she really? Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. I don't remember. But I think it was the night of the concert. She, 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 and Jesse both had the same costume, and they they were putting it on. I, I I saw them when they were putting it on, and I think Jesse continued to wear it the rest of the night. But I think Mary Lou gave up on it. She thought it was kind of silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different look. Why not? 
Uh, put it on, throw on a couple fancy lights, get a little smoke going, it's all cool, or dry ice, whatever. <laughs> Actually, I don't like that. It messes up my pictures. I'm just thinking after the Dallas show, if you do the the um, the uh, interview process, mm-hmm. everybody's going to have adult beverages in them also. <laughs> that That's what I'm thinking, interview states, yeah. Now, Dustin's saying, of course, he was at Todd Stock three weeks early and left three weeks late. I think he's still there, actually. He said that somebody came over to show him these costumes, so maybe somebody was pitching him on wearing them. You know, maybe somebody oh. thought, hmm, he's going to be a Rita Gradiator. I'll come up with these outfits and see what they think. But uh, Todd said he's not going to wear that shit, according to Dustin. <laughs> no, Todd hasn't worn any of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's into his just T-shirts and pants, different He's into the, different the, combinations. Yeah, the same old, same uh-huh. old. The, the car's pants, the black pants with the silver little thing or whatever that yeah, is, uh-huh. and the eleven shirt and the bullseye shirt. And, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping he busts out in a Rungan Radio shirt one day. That's what I want to see. Not yeah, that he's uh-huh. done that for me yet. Yeah, I, don't mean to I be need greedy. a new Rungan Radio shirt too, Doug. Okay, let's get on it. Yeah, I don't mean to be greedy, but uh, I'd like to see him wear that on stage. <laughs> don't push. Don't I, push I, it. I didn't ask him to. I just said I'd like to see it. Yeah. I have not. <laughs> I didn't ask him to wear it in Hawaii either. He volunteered. Yeah. That's nice like that. That's so right. Hopefully people will get to see pictures of that one day. They will. They yeah. Of course they will. Uh, hey, Dustin, Wendy wants to know if the outfits are by Rachel Culp. I kind of doubt it. That doesn't look like her her kind of style, but I don't know. They they looked like, I tell you what, it came in like a package, like a Halloween costume would come in. So they're apparently not official. Mm-hmm. I think that was a joke. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe so. And definitely Nicky didn't do those. <laughs> well, you know, Prairie gets into themes of things. I think when he was with the new cars, he wore all the different uh, black yeah. and white polka dot, red and white polka dot. He was into a polka dot thing. Well, Rachel's uh, website has some of that stuff on there. Uh, I think it's Deep Blue C with a C, not Deep Blue S-E-A. It's Deep Blue C, the letter C, mm-hmm. I think, dot com. And we'll have her on in a few weeks when we talk about some of those. And she did the outfit for him when they went to the Hall of Fame. And, exactly, um, all the Tubes album covers. Yeah, yeah, and uh-huh. they did the, some of the crazier stuff Todd wore during the the new Cars tours. So, mm-hmm. hey, let me mention real quick too, give you an update for those that are hanging out. The movie Intersection we talked about at Todd's talk. The version that was sent over apparently doesn't work in the United States on DVD, so it must have been like PAL or something. I don't know. So, I've got to put a call in and see if we can get one that is current with the United States. And then we got to figure out it was Warner Brothers to see if there's any kind of permissions that we would need for the Rungrens to sell this. And if, the, if, if it's an issue to sell it and a permission problem, then it may just end up being one of those things that's uh, traded, shall we say. So, Or if Dave cases, he can convert it, so we may try that. But uh, the biggest hiccup is seeing if there's any kind of rules or regulations, because it would be nice if they could sell it, you know, and not for a whole lot. It's only a 20-minute thing, but it's got Wolfman Jack in it and Todd, and it's never before seen, uh, you know, by most people. It was never released, and it's it's got to be hysterical, yeah. Uh, Do you have a copy of it? I do not, but I know who does have the copy, and I've been in discussions Mm -hmm. with them. Okay, well, on the chat room, um, Dave Kay and, and uh, Cradrock are both saying they can convert it, but right. I guess you can't bring it this weekend, so, hmm. Uh, no, but I'm I'm going to try to get it as soon as possible. I just keep forgetting, but I, I'm dying to see it. I'll buy it or I'll see it for free. I don't care. I just want to see it. 
Oh dear, is this, is this counted as bootlegging? <laughs> it depends. It depends on whether they get permission to sell it or whether or not they don't, and we have to, you know, share it amongst each other. Yeah. Well, they, they I would hope that they didn't expect that we have to fly to Europe to buy it and bring it back. Right. Well, Dave says there's copyrights, but that doesn't mean you can't get permission and give Warner Brothers a cut or whatever. You know, it's complicated, but we'll we'll make it less sure. complicated. The main thing is getting it where we can actually view it. That's the most important priority. But 1972, tied in a movie with glued on rhinestones. We got to see it. <laughs> got to see. It. All right, folks, it's a wrap. We're gonna go off live. Boom, there we go. I think. So uh, okay. we're streaming now, Sherry and Cruiser Mail. That's a quick two hours, as always. Wow, that went fast. Well, very. You know, it was, uh, well, I missed half of it, so yeah. <laughs> probably a good reason I was at work. Sorry. Well, it's a. We we did pretty good for a show with no, you know, not a, an official guest. You know, we kind of had several. We never got any that really was the uh, anti-bootleg. I think guy. the anti-bootleg people are behind the times, and I I think in this situation with arena there are some gray areas because of the fact that album's not out yet but that's going to be gone in about i don't know sound of i mean lynn said we're so close it's not even funny that's that's got to be within a week i'm thinking right maybe even i, I didn't hear what she said but i would i would imagine if it's before the end of the month it's got to be at least in the next couple of weeks so that's what i'm talking about mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right so this was the talk arena show we talked about it some anyway yeah, we did. All right. Well, there, there, I try, I I know there will be more Let's Talk Arena things, especially once that digital download comes out. Oh, I look forward to it too. Thank you for including me in your chat. There you go. OC, we'll try yeah. to get some Dallas show on for you, despite the fact you've seen it four times. Apparently, you want to hear it again, so we will try <laughs> to hook you up. <laughs> Can't get enough. And Wendy says she's going to Austin, so that's good. We weren't sure if she was going. All right, everybody, we'll see you in Austin. Everybody, everybody that goes this weekend, have a great time also. And Thank I'll see you, Austin. Sherry. Okay. If you're going have this weekend and you're listening to the archive, come say hello to Doug and Cruiser Mail and everybody else that you know or have heard of, and let's have fun. Have fun. Like button one. Let's Don't get fun. mad. <laughs> now, everybody get mad. <laughs> Put your hand up during strike. Don't forget and and do the wave during just one victory. There it is. Please. All right, y'all. Peace, everybody. Bye. 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 All right. Let me let me finish off a little bit more. Mad. We'll call the show. See ya. Peace. Mm-hmm.